What's happening, weirdos? Happy New Year. We are back after a couple weeks off, and we are starting the new year with a bang. This is Joe Gatto. He's incredible. You know him from Impractical Jokers. He's also a wonderful stand-up comedian, and you're about to hear a wonderful guy. This is a very much a Did We Just Become Best Friends episode. I loved talking with him. I'm so glad you guys are here to check it out. If you do uh, check the show out on YouTube, we are migrating all of the podcast episodes to a dedicated YouTube channel. Just You Made It Weird on YouTube to keep the Pete Holmes YouTube channel where the sketch and the stand-up is, and You you Made It Weird be its own dedicated thing just to kind of help people find it and uh, help the people that are looking for it. Well, I just said the same thing twice, didn't I? But just go subscribe. It would be great if you subscribe on YouTube to the You Made It Weird uh, podcast channel. Check check that out. That's easy. I'm also on the road. Thank you to everybody that was out at in Tempe. It was awesome. Uh, this weekend, I will be in Brea, California. So go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets. We also have Chicago is rescheduled and more and more dates being added there. I love this new hour. I love this new tour. It's so fun, and it always means so much when weirdos come out. We also have the Largo show. You can go to Largo-LA.com. I do that monthly here in Los Angeles. Um, that's Lar- The next one is on January 30th. I'm also doing the Netflix is a Joke Fest here in Los Angeles, and there's a link to that on PeteHolmes.com as well. Uh, as you guys know, we only do ads for things that I actually use and actually love. With that in mind, this is a picture of me on the Jimmy Kimmel show that I have here in my office. And this, whoops, and this shirt, this is sloppy. This shirt that I'm wearing is from my new favorite apparel company and my buddies at Roosevelt's. Roosevelt's, which I got to get the spelling right because it's not, don't don't search Roosevelt's. R-S-V-L-T-S is an apparel brand born from their passion for pop culture and Americana. They make some of the funnest, coolest designs, combining high-quality products with bold, unique concepts, uh, something for everybody. Their shirt collections range from Star Wars. They got a lot of great Star Wars stuff, Disney, Nickelodeon, classic movies like The Big Lebowski, The Office. If you have a pop culture fiend in your life, or if you are one, They have a pattern that looks amazing and is a great shout out to the things that you love. If your style's a little bit more laid back like mine, they also have just classic patterns that look great and feel amazing on your body. You'll be the focus of the room in one of their extremely comfortable and laid back original designs. They're conversation starters and have been known to crack the shyest person out of their shells. So if you're looking for fun, high quality threads, look no further than my friends at Roosevelt's. Light, soft, stretchy, and fit. Damn nice. They're moisture wicking. They're extremely breathable. It's like a very modern feeling fabric. It's called Kunu Flex. It's a four-way stretch material. I love the fit. I love the fun ones. Jurassic Park, The Office. That's great. And if you want to look classy like you're going on a late night talk show, Roosevelt's has got you covered as well. They won't shrink or wrinkle after washing, which is why I wear them on stage. They're fantastic to travel with. They also make hats, bomber jackets, performance hoodies, which are awesome, and shorts. They won't blame you if you never want to take them off. They're conversation starters, as I said. They're based out of Hoboken, New Jersey, which is a plus. Clothing for the bold and the fun, for those who dare mighty things, just like their namesake, Teddy Roosevelt once said. So if you want to get your hands on some of these amazing items, visit rsvlts.com. So Roosevelt's sort of without the vowels, rsvlts.com, or check them out on Instagram 
at Roosevelt's, R-S-B-L-T-S, which is how I found them. Check it out. They are awesome. Get into it big time. And of course, we're brought to us almost as always from our friends at Magic Mind. I'm holding one here. I've had two Magic Minds today because I did two podcasts today. It is a performance drinking miracle. I'm saying it for real. Everybody that knows me knows I love Magic Mind. I'm always giving it to the guests because it really brings out that creative flow state. It's about as much caffeine as half a cup of coffee, but it's got nootropics to help you think and has adaptogens to help you calm your body down. So it stimulates your mind and calms your body, which is the perfect combination to get into that flow state, turn off procrastination, get writing, get thinking, get flowing, get laughing. It's not a wired feeling, it's a dialed-in feeling. Lasts about five to seven hours, and you get 30% more productivity after drinking. Get that ADD out of there, get that brain fog out of there, get that fatigue out of there, and drop into flow state. It is a huge, huge, huge life hack for me. And we actually have a special offer for listeners from Magic Mind. All you need to do is go to magicmind.co slash weird and use my discount code at checkout weird to get a limited 20% off your first order. You guys know I love it. It's a new year. It's a new you. Go to magicmind.com.co slash weird and use promo code weird. Support the show, support the brain, get into it big time and enjoy Joe Gatto. He's so fun. Hope to see you on the road. Go to YouTube. You made it weird. That's it. Get into it. You know, I'm going to say something hot off off the top. Here. Sure. I feel like okay. So Joe brought me brought us. Hopefully, Katie, if you want one. Yeah. You've always. It's like people. This looks like we're on the search for type three diabetes. <laughs> like we're not satisfied. Well, I'm here we to tell to- you. Breaking news: We found it. <laughs> and it's seated next to you, and it was worth it. Worth it. Yes. Sir, you have type 3 diabetes. Yes. Worth no, it. I have three types of diabetes. <laughs> you have diabetes 1. Yeah. You have diabetes 2, two but you right. also have diabetes three, 3, which is completely different. Completely. Yeah. It's, it's, it actually cancels out the first two. It's a weird math thing. So 2 plus 1. It's the heel. Yeah. <laughs> three heals 1 and 2, but it's uncurable. Yeah. I just think that, um, first of all, thank you so much. You're welcome. What a great... Who else brings gifts? A couple guests bring gifts, and it's always. I don't really come to. Nice. A, I don't come to. I'm a guest. You don't come you empty-handed. You filthy Italian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I say filthy. I ruin it. You filthy. It was Italian. almost nice. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Give me these back. <laughs> it would be within your rights. I just wanted to acknowledge your Italianness and be funny, so mm-hmm. I added filthy. Okay, so I think. Um, Making desserts with Oreo is uh, a little bit of a cheat. It is a little cheat, a yeah. crumble, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. oh, Oreo cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> Eat shit, dude. <laughs> it's just the, you can't sprinkle gold mm-hmm. on money and that's, be like, double money. That's I never even thought that. You know what, though? But sometimes, have you ever had like an ingredient that doesn't make sense at all? Sure. Yeah? What do, what do you mean? I had a gummy bear pudding. I had a pudding that had yeah, like gummy bears in it. I don't like that. And that was weird. It was like a kind of like one of these mixed things. You know what a trifle is? That's what Italians call them too. Trifles. It's basically just a mix mishmash of stuff. It was when your grandmother was poor and she just put everything in a bowl a lot of and great just mashed things it. Things are poor things. Yes, that's right. Like my favorite real. dessert, icebox cake. My grandmother used to make for birthdays. Icebox cake. cake. She used to put it in the icebox for my, everybody's birthday. She used to do it. Well, it's you a just layer. make a cake. Katie's <laughs> nodding. You just put a yeah. cake in the freezer. It's a layer of. I uh, thought that just meant a cake that. 
you bought at the store that was frozen. Oh. No? Oh, I didn't realize this was going to be such an educational podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, no, we just shifted genres. <laughs> so it, it was, it, there's, it could be any recipe, but my grandma's recipe was basically a graham cracker crust, which is important. You know, I mean, I'm already you're in. Uh, that's also kind of the Oreo cookie of the crust world. Well, that's right. You know what I mean? It's I like, mean, but your ahead. crust options, though. What's that? If you look at your crust op- crust options, I mean, Christopheles, Mister Christopheles. Yeah. So it's 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 the best. It's the top. Yeah, no, no, tier. it's great. It's great. Top tier crust. Graham layer, cracker crust. Layer of uh, Jello. Okay. Layer of uh, chocolate pudding. Layer of Cool Whip. Yeah, that's it. Just that's... boom, bang. Wow. That's like that Food Network show. It makes me sad, though. <laughs> the woman, there's. Oh, I thought that was on? the name of it. <laughs> oh, welcome back, dude. It makes me sad, though. Right. Today we're going to eat our feelings. It's, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. One of my burns is it looks like he's e- eating his feelings, and apparently his feelings are delicious. You say it about a big guy. You can say it about me. Uh, anyway. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, the show on the Food Network where they, it's like on a budget. Mm-hmm. Everything on the Food Network yeah. is like wine and, yeah. you know, like Brian Regan says, pre-portioned bowls. There's like pistachios and it's very high end. Right. And then there's one lady that's on, like, you can use Spam as toothpaste. <laughs> and you're like, no. She's like, the fat from Spam can be used to clean plaque. It's <laughs> the so number one defender against plaque. They don't want you to know this, but spam was yeah. originally oral hygiene. I talked to the other dentist. You know, the, the, the nine out of ten ones. Yeah. I try. This one guy, he's got a lot of ideas. He stayed. Got by a his... lot of good ideas. Nobody's talking to him. Four out of five dentists. He won't agree. be peer pressured. Nope. Samson, dude, you know those tests where they they draw a curved line on a piece of paper, yeah, and then they ask ten people. And they and the first nine people are plants, and the last person is the person they're studying, and the first nine people say it's a straight line, and mm-hmm. it's something like ninety percent of the last people say it's a straight line. Is it like a curve or is it it's like a curved. slight? It's really? curved. Wow. I think it's slight. Slight. Okay. But it's slight. Wow. But it's slight. I say it again. <laughs> it's slight, it's Joe. Slight. But it's slight. slight curvature. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, what wow. we called a what was the word a trifle? A trifle. All right. Yeah. So we agree that Oreo is is this yeah. is probably. You, who who did that Oreo? <laughs> who made the Oreo? Who, who did it? Who put it in first? Buddy, time travel question. Okay. You eat an Oreo in 1936. Mm-hmm. I bet it tastes very different. Very you, different. Right? Using real things. That's probably that's real sugar. Yeah, they probably went bad. Yeah. Oh, these Oreos have gone I bad. I know, but just eating them anyway. <laughs> right? But I bet you the wafer... Brushing your teeth with spam. <laughs> I bet you... <laughs> I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I bet you the wafer, because uh, I think that's where a lot of the degradation happens. In yes. the quality of the wafer. It's the quality a, of the cookie. It's a miracle, but we're putting like antifreeze in it yeah. to keep it forever good. Yeah. And when you and I... Are scavenging, 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 scavenging. Yes, or scavenging, scavenging. Depends where we are. I love that you knew it. You're such a. I was so excited to talk to you. I'm going to say hello after this riff. <laughs> when we're scavenging, yeah. Did I say it right? Scavenging, yeah. Scaven, scavenging. When we're going to be scavengers. Is what when you're we're saying. scavengers, yes. yeah. It's a great Jim Gaffigan bit. He's like, you ever been writing something and you can't spell it, so you just change it? He's like, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you. To- I'll see you next week. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, when it's post-apocalyptic times, mm-hmm. all this shit I'm talking currently about how Oreos now have antifreeze in them. 
I'll be humming a I'll be I'll be humming a different tune because right you know thank God the biker gang took my tongue right <laughs> so I'll only be humming a different Oreos <laughs> trying to get them I would you know uh, if, that's got to be the number one find of a scavenger you're talking supermarkets are closed a year year and a half there's nothing fresh around right oh, everything's yeah. picked through you come across a lone bag of Oreo. Look at that. You don't need anything to open it. It's already sealed. Like you don't need like a can. And you can reseal it. The new ones, you can can save some. You can save, (laughs) which is perfect for post-apocalypse. Yeah, because you don't want your stuff to spoil. (laughs) They can't. No, but to give the illusion that Mm -hmm. they might, you can reseal them. They're fresh. Yeah. Uh, A fresh Oreo mm -hmm. uh, or a Betty Crocker tub of frosting. Yeah, but I feel like that would get hard, right? Yeah. It comes out just like a a sandcastle. Or dog Kids food. take a bite out of the brick. Everybody's happy birthday, Timmy. But that's good in post-apocalyptic. You have a brick of something. Yeah. Now. Oh, of course. You want to. You want to stuff all in brick form. It's easy to travel with. Go on, Shark Tank, guys. The future is brick. Everything's going to be brick. I'm a zombie. I'm out. Let me ask you this, Joe Triscuit. He was a zombie. Oh no, they, the, the investor was a zombie. Yeah. I'm a zombie. I'm I want out. people to die. I am I'm out. out. Yeah. I eat them as carry on. I just wanted to use the word carry on. Triscuits or wheat thins? Um, I'm not an animal. I mean, wheat thin. I don't like to chew on hay. A Triscuit is terrible. The person who came up with a Triscuit, a Trasket, <laughs> put that in your basket. It's terrible. Uh, a Triscuit? Triscuit's the worst. You can't a even Triscuit help it with the cheese. sounds like a medieval torture. Put him in the Triscuit. <laughs> He'll Doesn't talk. It? You know when you go to like an old-timey yeah. torture museum and you're like, oh my God, an Iron Maiden, and then there's just a box of Triscuit? It looks like it too. If you look at the weave, the way it's weaved, a bed of Triscuit, I would talk. If I'm laying on a bed of Triscuit for a week, I would sell you anything. I'll tell you where the king's at. That's a new expression. I feel like I've been sleeping on a bed of Triscuit. It's such a funny way to say you had a low thread count. <laughs> I, I pulled the Triscuits up. They were scratchy. The thread count was so low, the yeah. sheets were Triscuit. You know what has a, the, the thing with me was the Triscuit is it's very a shredded wheat. Like a cereal, not the frosted, not the fun time. Speak about bullshit. Mini, love a mini. Well, you, you go full. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Oh, you go full when you put one in a bowl and it's <laughs> it's, it's Titanic. That's the future is brick form. <laughs> Think of the oh. shredded wheat, not yeah. the mini, no, no. the big walrus mustache yeah, yeah. that you put in the bowl and you just think before the milk's on there you really just think about where your life went wrong yeah. that you're about to eat a brillo pad <laughs> it hangs out the bowl like an uncooked spaghetti it you know does, it is uncooked spaghetti. spaghetti it's, it's a, a ramen brick it, 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 another brick form that'll be good in post-apocalyptic yes. the post-apocalyptic is brick i think we found it out Post-apocalyptic. brick <laughs> wow. wow t-shirt <laughs> T-shirt, but it has t- it's tattered. It's yeah, it's tattered. tattered t-shirt. Like, everybody likes things cut now, like the jeans. <laughs> Wait, we do now. We're on taste buds. You realize I that? Have, we just, I didn't realize. It turns out yeah. any of the Staten Island impractical jokers get it. them and talk them about food. You'll have yourself it's, a hit. Yeah, you're done. It's it's because I I. I find I don't know it's a slight of me but always people like to talk to me about food is that right I get talked about no food I think people time. just like to talk to you because okay here's my hello when I saw you at the store is when oh, we met it was great and I was just like I love this guy <laughs> <laughs> well I completely fangirled I completely well that fangirled. was nice but that wasn't it it, it was nice that you said nice things uh, but it was also nice, like the vibe in the back of the comedy store isn't always. Look at you! You look like a, you look like a kind Muppet. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is a night nice, like you're just kind of. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a face. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they're just, just holding just, you like that. <laughs> just there. That's yeah. where I'm at. People like talking to me about food. They do. Whoa. <laughs> this is a great studio you have here. Um, no, I I try to be kind. 
Yeah, no, and it's a Muppet, joy. And I have a Muppet face. So. You don't okay. really, I don't mean that you have a Muppet face. No, no I have a very animated face. Yeah, a good good comedy face. Yes, a good comedy. It's a good face for comedy. That kid has got a good face for comedy. Uh, I don't know. He looks like he's got a comedy face. <laughs> oh. Dude, you ever meet someone who has comedy face? And they're not funny? I was going to say, and they're not doing comedy. Oh. What I, I like that. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. I've met someone with full comedy body, and you're like, Jesus, what I would do in that thing. Yeah. It's like they don't know how to write a, a, a standard. You want to possess them? Yeah, yeah, I would love to possess you yeah. and flail about. Get a freaky fall. Friday situation. Just give me a week. Yeah. Dude, don't get me started on the real life. If we ever figure out Freaky Friday, you know mm. what's going to happen? Mm. The ultra rich are going to want to buy the bodies of this is too dark, but they'll go to like a family that needs a break and be like let me like like weird norman rockefeller give yeah, me your yeah. body <laughs> yeah. and they'll swap and with them. like a healthy 18 year old who will take a hit yeah he'll be in an old ass body isn't that fucked up that yeah, will be yeah i hope we'll never figure it out i don't i think we can <laughs> you think we will <laughs> you and i <laughs> here in the lab right in the lab let's uh... the other one i wrote a movie about this the other one was people will hire people to swap with them like I could swap with Kumail, he'd work out for me, and then swap back. Wow! Like take someone who has the will, yes, to work out, yes, and then I just go into a deep freeze for three months. Oh, that'd be amazing! Come out, and I'm but like, but does, does ah. Kumail come out all just? He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's well. Does he get out of shape? That's the mood. I don't mind sharing this because what are you gonna fucking steal it? <laughs> what are you gonna steal it? Are you? Hey, <laughs> there's a writer back which, there. The strike's over. <laughs> Season's uh, out. Ding. <laughs> you can find them by the ding of their typewriter. Use laptops. <laughs> Stop using. Well, I swap with Kumail, mm -hmm. so he's in my body. I'm in his body, but I just go into a freeze because for safety reasons. Oh, of course, because it's you get preserved. So he's in my body, but then he uh, in the movie he goes donut. Which means he doesn't want to work out. He just wants to be a fun fat guy. Oh. And then he goes on the on the lamb. On the lamb in and your body. And then they wake me up in Kumail's body. Oh, that's fun. And we have to find him. Are we making it? I got like, that one's, you can't steal it. <laughs> can't be stolen. It's already uh, wheels on the tarmac, baby. But I, I don't know. I, there, I, you have, you have, you just did a movie. Yeah. Impractical Jokers. Jokers movie. Well, not just, but yeah, I did that one. But just I, to me. To you too, to just. Well, you just watched it. You just got around to it. Just to me. <laughs> It was that 2004. That was, was it really? <laughs> no, no, when was it? No. 2000. Well, it, it debuted three days before uh, February of 2020, right before the world shut down. We were the longest running movie th in theaters because all the movie theaters shut down and we were on the billboard. <laughs> we were on the marquee. To all the ad, movies, no ad. bad press. Nobody could see it. Yeah, we played for like three weeks. So it was like February. I think we came out February 15th, 20, something like that, mid-February. Whoa. 2020. Yeah. How did it do? Because I know you it guys... did great. It yeah. did great. We did great. People did come out. They did a limited release for the first weekend against our wishes, being like, guys, everybody's going to come see it. They're like, well, we have to prove it crushed. And then we went for a wide release. We had two weeks wide release and everything shut down. And it was doing great in the wide release. It was, it was doing well, yeah. It was doing well. It was I'm like, going to say it. That's the worst thing about COVID. I, th I think th I, I would agree. I would agree. Science agrees. <laughs> yes, I did. You have charts. They go, Impractical Jokers was robbed of its box office. Yeah. 
Number two, two. <laughs> deaths. <laughs> Horrible statistics. That's it. Yeah. Oh, oh the box office rob. Yeah. You, yeah. But I write. I'm. A, I want to grow. When I grow up, I want to be a writer director. That's why I got into this whole thing years you, ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm after. But you I, want to direct? Yeah, direct. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. I bet you'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I have Just scripts that I'm doing and stuff too. And I'm. I'm yeah, I have a body swap movie. I oh, great. Pitch I'd love to, to direct it. <laughs> I love Camille too. Isn't he great? Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't want to do movies that hinge on his body. Ah. I was like, I get it. Yeah, that's for sure. We don't have that problem. No. <laughs> when Enjoy. I say we, I'm using the royal we. I don't have that No, no, no. <laughs> there's Kumail at the top of the mountain, and then there's the we. Is the triangle beneath him. Mountain, yeah. All of us. Well, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is up there, too, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. All these buff motherfuckers. Yeah, I hate when they're buff and funny, though. That really hurts. No, I know. Like, keep the funny for the fat ones. Keep the funny mm-hmm. for the fat ones. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. I get a little possessive. We're over that. here, yeah, yeah, of our food and our funny. I know because I don't can't, touch. My I can't puddings. be good looking, right? Yeah. You Why? know, you could learn to. Be, you can't learn to be good looking. You can learn to be funny. But it is sort of brilliant. That's that's like the million dollar man, where you're like, what if we take someone who's good looking and can become buff, and then and they're also funny. Like teach him, like yeah. like the way they teach the Dalai Lama. Like you get a kid and teach him everything. That's, everything that's what they did with Ryan Reynolds. This is it. They put him, like okay, say, him for say boner a lot. Boner is a big one. People love the hard boner. on is out. People don't know what you mean when you say hard on. Boner sounds funnier. Boner is funny. It's a bone. It's not a bone. Is it? It's just blood and and jizz. We I don't think. Know. Oh no. We don't know. It's science. We're not scientists. A boner is disgusting. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? A boner vagina. Sorry, Katie, but it is. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Ryan Reynolds was being taught by the. Do- I saw him in an orange robe like the Dalai Lama as a child, and they're going boner, boner, boner yeah, boner, boner, funny word. And then I took it to boners are gross because they are. They're like water balloons and it's disgusting but the, like harder water balloons yeah and it's when where oh, the well, blood, a water balloon where? is the boner of the of the uh, summer activities yes yeah that's true <laughs> when you're a kid yeah a water balloon is as exciting as. as a boner yeah, when it adult. busts it's over <laughs> it's like game over what are we doing now i'm gonna take a nap and, then you're, and you don't even know why you liked it you're like ah <laughs> Clean up, <laughs> but what? I ha- oh, where does the blood when a boner <laughs> fills with blood? Yeah. I know no one wants to think about it. Yeah, but that I remember, Incl- in my, including me, including me, <laughs> buddy. I have yeah, to here get one. I have to get one, and I'm like, ah, there it is. You have to get. One. I have to get <laughs> one. Like, I have to. Get I one. have to get one. <laughs> Who's forcing you to get boner? I have to. Do you need help? Blink twice. <laughs> I have to get one. Be- well, at least nighttime em- nighttime emissions. Oh no! God, the worst thing to say. Nighttime emissions mm-hmm. is a great punk band name. Yeah, I and- know that gets used a lot as a joke. Okay, but can you imagine being called nighttime emissions? Yeah, I like that. Except it does sort of sound like farts. Anyway, where did the blood come from? Like what? Yeah, what's losing it? Probably your brain. People are saying that. Is that it? I ran in the streets. That's what they're talking about. They say that it stops. You start thinking with the wrong part of your body. Yeah, I've heard. So there's science behind that. Like you were thinking with the wrong head because well, the yeah. blood had to come from somewhere. Right. I've heard the same thing when you eat. You know how in a writer's room, yeah. everyone eats fucking nine foot party subs and then they suck the rest of the day. Yeah. It's because all the blood that was in their brain went to digest ah. their food. I've heard that does that kind of makes sense. It, I mean, yeah. I but, said it with confidence. But when you that does all it takes. I've heard it my whole life and I believed it. That's all I'll say. I can't I, well, I don't no, have the data. You, you don't have you're, the data you have is up here. The data I have is anecdotal, I guess you yeah. could say. It might have been from an episode of Hawaii Five O. <laughs> oh. It was. Uh, which is which, which is means, that's it. It's truth. It's real. Yeah. Go on. Book them, Dano. You were gonna I 
would say uh, getting flush is the same thing, right? More like, bloody in your face. face. Like when you get nervous or when you when you so, get embarrassed. I think, and I think that's the same amount of blood that it takes to put in the wiener. A boner, not me. You don't think so? I'd have to be red like the Kool Aid man <laughs> to get all that blood. <laughs> oh, I get it. I see what you did there. Great. Big old ding dong. It's a big old ding dong riff. Big old ding dong. No, uh, <laughs> That's interesting. So a flush is the same, same amount yeah. of blood. It's a blood rushing to you. So if I flush is a boner face, you got boner face. You have a boner face. You have a boner face. You got bonafide boner face. Blushing is the boner of the face, which is something that would make you blush, giving you double boner face. Then the blood doesn't know where to go inside. It's like just running around all over the place. Can you get a boner and be blushing? Blush at the same time. Let me try. Give me a minute. Hold on. Nope. <laughs> well, you the blushing is covered because you're embarrassed that you're trying to get a boner on yeah, the podcast. Nope. So you it's do impossible. get flush. Oh no, I I just couldn't get a boner. <laughs> just, oh, you embarrassed. were starting with the boner. Yeah, the boner. You were like, get the boner, I don't get then embarrass me. <laughs> I tried. Then embarrass me. Do you embarrass easily? You don't seem like you do. No, yeah, I don't have a shame, Gene, really. I don't. I always made people laugh that way, and I always had put myself out there. Like that. I, I honestly remember the last time I was embarrassed. I think it was like a thing from your childhood when you grew up. My sister Carla, my middle sister, she was always went through that phase where we like, you know, didn't like each other. She's a couple years older than me. And it was Easter Sunday at Bella Vita Restaurant, Bella Vita 2 in Staten Island. Bella Vita 2. Yeah, I thought only Chinese restaurants did that. <laughs> no, they did. This is the sequel. Bella, Bella Vita, Vita 2. It was by the Staten Island Mall. And it was back in the day There's when they- There's a wall? By the mall. <laughs> There's a wall in Staten Island? <laughs> We're going to build a wall. People keep coming out of Staten Island. <laughs> We're going to keep Brooklyn out. Staten Island makes Brooklyn takes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. You well, like, like it, it though. We like it. I do. So it was back in the day when they had, uh, it was smoking in restaurants. I'm like 10 years old, 12 years old. They have smoking in restaurants. So they, do you, do you remember when they did this? I don't know. Uh, but they, if they didn't instead now, they would just be a glass door inside the restaurant, and all the smokers would inside eat inside the oh, glass like door. Oh, like a sauna. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a perfect steam room. place for yeah, steam yeah, room. Right. So like they a would, great place for a murder, like a hand, a hand hits ah, the glass yeah. and slides. And down. in Staten Island Italian restaurants, it, <laughs> it worked dual purpose. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Is that real? Is that was that a thing in your childhood where you were like? I've, a lot I, of nicknames. I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of uncles that had nicknames for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a couple. I had a real uncle who was kind of. We'll get into that too if you like. But um, my, I was walking out of I the. I get so scared. Room. Don't tell your uncle. I'm a, he's I'm dead. a he's loud dead. mouth. He's oh, dead. he's dead. You're fine. You're fine. All right. He didn't have any children. <laughs> so when you walk. Like you see, I like there's a little step right here, like a just a kind of small step. So when you walked out of the smoking room, there was this little step, and I had to go to the bathroom. So my sister was coming with me, and I fell. Into the restaurant. The restaurant was packed. Easter Sunday, Staten Island. Forget it. Place was, you know, standard room only. And I hit the floor like loud, and the whole place like Slap. went like ooh, and like. And my sister stood above me and was like ha ha ha, like a real like Lucy and like you know Nelson. Charlie Brown. Yeah. yeah. And so I and then I just jumped up and went ta da, and everybody laughed. And I was like, oh, that's when you and got I, the. I I, re- I remember that as a vivid core memory, and I kind of was like, oh, I don't have to be embarrassed. You, you can turn it around. Are. Wow, I always want comedians to tell me things like that, and they never do, because I'm always just asking them about wheat thins. <laughs> <laughs> Triscuits and bonus. We've been all over the map here. But you just offered that. I did want to say, where is that blood? There's a loose patch of blood going around all our bodies that could be a blush, could be a boner, boner. Yeah. could be a menstruation. Right. That's right. But yeah. then it's out. That's the exit strategy. That's how it wants to leave. leave. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like Seinfeld's the puppet, mm-hmm. the sock puppet that wants to escape through the dryer. <laughs> You really don't want to stay. You want to stay. You want to. You don't want to be loose blood. 
You don't want to see it's what they the, do with loose oh, blood out, out there. there on the Stay in here. Yeah, please. Stay with your people. Stay in the house. <laughs> Stay in the house. Yes. It's for your own good. Lock the door. Fuck you, Mom. Going out the airlock. <laughs> That's a vagina, you fucking idiot. Goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go with the lining. <laughs> This is what Osmosis Jones should have been. Oh, that's right. Should have been a lady. It could have been. It oh, it's a different a story. whole other way. Different story. Things coming in. <laughs> things going out. It's like a library. Check in. Check out. Who knows? <laughs> Osmosis. Well, Jones could Osmosis be- Jones' diary. <laughs> <laughs> Osmosis Jones' diary. Oh. Wow. This is fun. This is fun. We're already having a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> we were, you fell and you said, ta-da. Yeah. I just have so many feelings about that. I, just, I mean, I just relate. You know what I mean? I remember being in junior high and we we're about to start seventh grade, which felt like the real thing. Right. They were like the rulers of the school, the mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade. And me and my friend Ern, we were having a sleepover, same bed, deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. <laughs> There's no, there's no blurred lines. Now I feel like kids get their own bedroom. There's yeah. towels. Oh my god, sleeping bags, sauna, massage, good night, chocolate on the pillow. What kind of candle do you want? Crazy. Back in the day, it's like getting Peter's yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah, getting Peter's bed. The parents woke up at twelve thirty the next day. <laughs> you were up at eight, like, trying right. to scavenge for yourself. Yeah, that's why I know what Triscuits taste. It's <laughs> crazy. Me. Yeah. So we're in bed and we're quizzing each other, and I go, I was obsessed with that moments like that. I was like, let's say you fall. In the hallway. Mm. My joke was yell medic, which I didn't even know that that's like a, that's like a war thing. War thing, yeah. But I just was like, I had read it in Bloom County and you did, ta-da. Ah, yeah. And it It killed. It did, it killed. And you got the the rush of, and then you were hooked. Yeah. Right? Or was it? It wasn't, no, not really. But it was more like that I didn't have to feel that feeling. And I could turn it into something. Yeah. So I think that. But then when I got into high school, I was getting bullied a little bit. I was on the, you know, I was a math team guy. I was on the, ma- I was a mathlete, you know. And <laughs> I, I uh, bowling team. I was a bowler. Yeah, yeah. So I was a math real catch. and bowling. <clears throat> yeah. So there was this thing. I went to all boy Catholic school with the boys. That's how I, you know, we met at freshman year of high school. So we, uh, I did this. I had this weird thing where I was like kind of getting bullied, and there was this one football player. And then just one day, I remember we're in this like passway like in the they called it the link area it was between two different wings of the high school and i just knocked the books out of his hands the bully and, yeah and i said pick him up pick him up and he goes i'm sorry mr gadwin it was like a bit and it was funny and then like he it became this reverse bullying thing where i like made him give me piggybacks to, to class like it was really funny Wait, and everybody what? just did it yeah it was you really went weird. into the dragon's lair and i did, did bits yeah i did bits yeah and and like, it wouldn't was, it be funny if, if i, I pre- that, you pretended to slay me yeah. <laughs> This is big, right here. Stab me. Um, Wait, why did he? I need more. De- let's tell me what was the flavor of the bullying of this guy? Because this because I a, think this he needs was, to be documented. I think he was down. He was a good guy down deep, and it yeah. wasn't even. It wasn't even really like he wasn't one of the main ones. It was kind of just more of a like if you weren't a jock, yeah, and you were that. I remember and this in the eighties, kind of things like that. You've seen all the movies, all the yeah, tropes. but I remember it. Yeah. I remember the kids being like, "I just don't know what I am," right? And they were like lower le- lower tier bullies, yeah. There was like the head honchos. Head honchos, yeah. Running the streets. Yeah. And then there were guys like me that didn't know are we are we are we the bullied? And then there were the bullies going like are we bullies? Yeah. And they yeah. so he was just kind of like It was like, kind of just like, you know, I think when you're growing up too in that I mean especially guys 14 to 
17, you're getting your, your personality, you're getting your handle on your humor. Your yeah. wit is quicker than your conscience. Yeah. You know, you're just saying stuff and it's not, you don't even, it, there's not a lot of intent behind a lot of it. Yeah. And then it's being received on the other end in a way that as you were growing up, you're like, am I, is that true? You know, so yeah. it's, it's a little, it, it was a little weird, but I, it was just like, it became a thing. And I just remember he was a great guy and we just, you know, <laughs> but the first time you did it, weren't you nervous? So I there's was. the guy who kind of bullies you and you knock the books out of his hand. Yeah. And you're like, he'll get that I'm He'll joking. get a joke, yeah. Because he was also way bigger than me. Like I was like 102 pounds, <laughs> you know, like soaking wet with nickels in my pockets. Like yeah. I was just, uh, you know, not a big kid at all. And he was like, he was like, I think he was like a linebacker or something. He was like one of the football players. And and it just like, I had had him, like, I had like a ask, math, though. I had like a math class with him too. And we had kind of just like, it wasn't always like that. So I figured... I'm a gambler too, so I was like, you know That's what? Why you had the Yachty, in your there we go. <laughs> so you, I just it's it's a lot to ask. I really am fascinated by the story. I'm not just trying to milk it. It's like knocking someone's book out of their hand. You could you could knock my book out of my hand if I was holding a book, and there would still be a part of me that would have to practice restraint, mm -hmm. even though I knew you were a hundred percent joking. Because yeah. there's just something. It's like. It's the being pantsed of the book holding world. That's right. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> and there's like a shame, and there's like a, and it's loud. Yeah. So, like, you really put it out. I did. Put it out there. I did, yeah. And he really, are you still friends with this guy? Uh, no, not because I don't, just because I'm not friends with yeah. people from high school anymore. Nothing yeah. against him. I was friendly with him throughout and stuff, but then we both went away to college and, yeah. you know, life happens and stuff. But you comment on, uh, if you would, I f or, or correct me, I feel like New York City, I don't know. The way it is, the kids growing up faster, becoming savvy, being a little bit more independent, uh, riding the subway. Like I was just in the city, and it's like yeah. you see seven-year-olds on the train, yeah. and you're like, "What the fuck?" But it's fine. Yeah. As an outsider, I'm I'm shocked by it now, but uh, and as a parent, but like I feel like the growing up faster and the the loudness. I always tell people, I've said this a million times on the show. It's like in New York, you have to be kind of rude to be polite. Like if you, mm. if you, if someone asks you what sandwich you want, you're in a long line and you're like, what's your favorite sandwich? <laughs> like you're actually fucking everything up. You mm -hmm. just have to say like, turkey, Swiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the way to do yeah, it. Yeah. So I feel like that whole environment shakes the kids up. And it, I'm, I'm, this is a long way to say is bullying worse in new york city um, I, it I, seems like it is like halloween uh, yeah oh halloween, like, oh, halloween in new york Swear get out of here halloween i lived in the wrong neighborhood for a white kid growing up to be halloween i was on the other side of the tracks at mariners harbor you just get jumped oh uh, man i hated it yeah is that to, what it was oh my god it was terrible it was terrible <laughs> I, I, I had i had I, I in my neighborhood i only had like one or two uh white friends everybody else i lived right by the projects in my neighborhood and i had uh you know when it was like that like i remember my good friend one of my best friends still his name's jason joseph always looked out for me great guy year younger than me he fell in with a crowd and uh i remember like one uh, vividly i was like 13 years old and we were gonna go like you know shave cream whatever and i was walking down the i was like coming out of my house and he was walking down the street and he yelled and he just yelled down the street he's like joe and i look at and he goes Go back inside. And I was like, okay. And then I remember just a group of like just hoodlums around the neighborhood, just a mix of the bad kids in the neighborhood was like coming around and he was just, you know, throwing eggs and like, like bad, like throw, they took a garbage can and threw it like out of car and like, like bad. And he like gave me a heads up to like get back inside. Get back I, I, I in the like, house. And I remember one of my other friends didn't like, he wasn't friendly with him or whatever. And I just 
maybe 20 minutes later, I saw him running down the street. And just like kids chasing him. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing eggs at him and stuff. Yeah, and stealing like that candy. It was like, it was, like bad. So I was like, I always, and like that made me hate Halloween. Like I, I hate Halloween. And uh, my Still. wife, my wife loves loves it. And like my kids are all into it. Now when you get kids, it gets reinvented, you know? Yeah. So now I just go and beat up children in the streets to make it nostalgic. Just a throwback. <laughs> throwback yeah. So awkward. You had like, to fall back in love with it, you know? Is that a good costume, or did you run into the wrong element <laughs> on the street? Like, are you? Do you have needs? <laughs> Careful. Or is that a squirt function yeah. that you're, you're? Is there some sort of pump you're squeezing in your hand, or is that natural? No, it's just natural. Is that the blood that you is could that have part? blushed or had a boner? That's and, and now you your can't. Face? Now you can't. You do have extra blood. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really fascinated by this. But here's another thing. When you give blood, they give you orange juice. It turns into blood. I don't get that. Everything. I think water turns into blood. When, how are we making blood, blood Joe? Yes, and how does it know when to stop? It's like an auto-filling pool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The they thing, have that function. It's just like, yeah. how does it know the pool's full? You, That's have, a, a you have an auto-filling pool? You're doing all right for yourself. All right. Nice. I still use a garden hose. Really? God bless you. <laughs> is it above ground? Denial yeah, inside? <laughs> That's what I grew up at cannonball from the top. No, uh, you know what they used to do the fake in the grounds. Like I had an uncle who did like the overground pool, but he put a deck around it. <laughs> it was like you had to get into the pool. That's yeah. good. That great. That Very great. good. Smart. Yeah. What? What? Do you go back to Staten Island? I have family that's still there. I don't go there as much. My mom lived there for a while, but after she passed, I didn't really. I didn't go there much. I have just an uncle and a bunch of cousins that I'm close with. Yeah, but I don't really see do you, that much. Do you like it? It's. Uh, I'll open it with this. I have a hard time. I'm going back to Boston, not because of Boston. Mm -hmm. Like if Katie was like, I'm going to go to Boston, I'd be like, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. But when I go to Boston, I get like, I just start to feel the walls closing in on me because everywhere I look is a memory of being a child. Okay. Like you being chased, not literally uh, Halloween, but those feelings of just being like, I remember being a kid and being like, God damn, I can't wait to be grown. I just can't yeah. wait to have a car and a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time, but like a phone, I want keys to an apartment. Right, I want right. to get the fuck, I want to do what I want. And like, I go back and I just, ah, I start getting claustrophobic yeah. just because of the memories. Do you, how do you feel going back? Do I don't you, feel like it's you the like same it? place I grew up at all because oh, really? it's like, I think it's totally changed. Like it was very neighborhoody, yeah. you know, like yeah, everybody had a yard. It was like all that kind of stuff. And it's just very different Staten Island, you know. Not anymore? What no, happened to the yard? Well, like for instance, the house that my, my mom sold our house. We had the biggest house on the block next to my next door neighbors. Uh, we were a corner lot um, on Harbor Road. And my when my mom sold the house, they, they knocked the house down and put six townhouses on it. Whoa. And like one of those. Like they just made everything townhouses in Staten Island. Like it's just all very, everybody's on top of each other. One house is now six houses? Yeah, one lot has like six townhouses. You know those ones that are connected together? Attached? Yeah. One yeah. of those, yeah. And then like they made the dead end on my street where we all used to play. They made it a cut through now. They broke the street through. So oh, it's like, man. it's just like a really weird, it's like a weird thing. Like when I go there, it's not, I remember we were driving to my sister's house in Jersey. My daughter, who was three at the time, we had to go through Staten Island. And I was like, hey, you want to go see where daddy used to live? And she's like, yeah. And we drove by and it was like, I said, this used to be this. She's rolling this up the windows. <laughs> I'm good, Dad. Get back on the expressway. But it was like, <laughs> it was like, this used to be this. Like, you have to say that. Like, this used to be there. This used to be there. So I don't really feel that same connection with my neighborhood. Why especially. does it get such shit? I've never, my father and I, when we would go to the city, would go to Staten Island and take the ferry. And I didn't remember being like, what a fucking hellhole. Yeah. Let's get out of here. It's not. But it, 
I but then I get to New York and I start doing comedy. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned that Staten Island sucks. Is for, <laughs> and I'm not saying it does, but I heard well, like, it had the dump forever. It had the it was where all the garbage was. The dump. Yeah, the dump was there for the, the whole city. Hard. Where'd the dump go? It's still there. They made it a park. They just grew grass on top of it. They made it a trifle. They made it a garbage trifle. <laughs> it's like come take your kids down to garbage trifle park. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, put dirt on it. Yeah. Okay, so it's, but you can't see it. No, not anymore. Can't see it. Can't smell it anymore either. Because that was a big thing. You used thing to be too. able to smell it in August. Boofad, woof. Boofad. You don't want that. Marron. Oh, no, that stench <laughs> coming across the Zano. Ah, boofad. Yeah, it was bad. Sorry, my Italian showed. Uh, <laughs> What's boofad? That's a type of mozzarella. What is that? No, it's buffalo. <laughs> boofad. Boofad. Bu oh, smell it. Like, yeah, smell it. Like boofad. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you fell, and you did ta-da, and you're Italian. <laughs> you're just recapping? No. For I'm... those who are just tuning in, sometimes, yeah, it's a radio show. People just turned it on. Full of points. I'm wondering where the, and I know you meet the boys freshman year of high school, yep. but when did your bowling, your math thing, when did you start going like, help me understand what your relationship to comedy was when you were little and when you started to see it crystallizing into something that you could do. Always loved comedy. Always watched what my father and laughed and like always had a like around the house like to be a little silly. Never had the nerve to take it outside the family. Yeah. Really. But in the house, I was kind of very funny and didn't mind doing stuff. Like I remember my, my dad and I used to watch uh, Home Improvement with Tim Allen. And Tim Allen was my first comedy special. I remember watching with my father. Like, oh, like, yeah, the HBO and he's dirty. Or whatever. Yeah. And it was that one with the whole, oh, you know, that one, like yeah, this yeah. classic one. So I was like, I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, this was fun. But then he also watched like Richard Jenny. Yeah. And like my dad really liked like stand up comedy, but we oh, he always liked comedy films. I grew up on film. Mel Brooks is my hero. Like a comedy film, comedy movies. I think that's why I want to be a director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Edit um, that out. <laughs> I just don't want to help in any way. <laughs> it's just beep. You should you just beep that's every time I say I want to be a director. <laughs> what did he Bars. say? What is he saying? <laughs> We're just talking about boners for thirty minutes. Like this kid's got it. Thanks for having me on. I don't want to help your career in any <laughs> way. Yeah. I just want a long tape of you talking about boners and loose blood, the free range blood that can do anything. Yeah. So you want to be a director because Mel Brooks is. So your dad liked being a, a silly bean. Hey, he was not. He was. Uh, my mom and dad were two different types. My dad was like the quad. He was six three. A big big guy, but he was super quiet. But he had like that thing where you could just say something loud enough that just one person would hear it. And then when they laugh, he'd be like, "What are you laughing at?" Like one of those. Like he was uh, great, super dry. Uh, my mother was a flip of that. My mother was walked in a room, eyes on her, crazy, like batshit crazy, a lot of fun, high energy. And so my mother always said I was the mix of the two of them. You know, yeah. so like a little bit of both of that. Yeah. Um, and I was like. I didn't, I always made my friends laugh. Um, I really attribute it really to mostly Sal Volcano because we were at lunch and I used to always make him laugh. The taste bud? Uh, yeah, the taste bud. You might know him, friend of Joe DeRosa. Uh, <laughs> or Chris Stefano. depends what you watch. No Pressure Network, check it out. I only watch, uh, I'm here, I'm I only here. watch the Sal DiStefano ones. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Joe's <laughs> my dear friend. It's so funny. Um, so they, uh, so we, I used to make, I sat with a bunch of guys, but Sal, I used to make laugh very hard. And throughout our whole friendship, and I always done that. And they, he joined the improv club at, at school. And he's like, Joe, you got to come, you got to come do it. You got to come do it. It was junior year. And I was like, God I don't bless know, those friends. people. I had those friends and, too. Yeah, it was like, great. You got to do it. Yeah, I always was waiting for like an invitation. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it felt like for other people. This is going to seem forced, but like driving in Manhattan. Like I remember when I realized those are the same jerks and idiots that are driving everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. you think you need a golden. You you might in the coming <laughs> years they're making like a tax even to drive anyway. But what I'm saying is like 
Yeah. The improv team, when I'm in high school, I was like, I can't do that. No, can't and then you have friends that go like, we should do that. Yeah. Like, oh, so but God then you see people that also do that and you're like, oh no. But you don't realize that improv was such a supportive, like there's a whole thing, right? Yes, and at its core is yeah. super supportive by nature. It's different than like stand up or anything. So it was comedy. that style? It was that style, yeah. Like, because not every, imp some improv places, you come in and, and they're a little light on that theory and yeah. they're just kind of like, what? what is this? No. Ah, a prop game. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're just doing like bad. We did games, but in, they, he did I know, <laughs> he did scene work too, the teacher, which was good. And then in the scene work is really where like you got to see people's like just go quick fire and stuff. And my mind always worked quick. Yeah. And I was just, I still remember the first scene I ever did. And I was just like, I remember it crushed. And I was like- What was it? I was, I was- I was with another friend of mine in it, and uh, so we're in old boys school, and they invite the all our sister schools to come. So it's a co-ed thing, and it's uh, forty girls and forty guys doing the doing the improv. I'm and sorry, the there was eighty people yeah, in the improv. This, team? He, they, he just filled. The, it was just a, it was like an activity. Oh, it was every okay. Thursday night. Everybody could come to like an open forum, and then he would weed out and put up on an improv show with twenty people that got picked: ten oh, girls, ten guys. Wow. Um, so we were doing a scene and it was my first one. Weed out. Yeah, he weed them out. And you're one of the weeds. Because a lot of them were not. Ah! I, mean, I mean, people do think they're funny, but they're not yeah. good at improv. It's yeah, different no, too, it's, right? No, it's completely fair. So he said, uh, you know, the scene was I had to get out of this date I was on. And I was on a date with one of the girls. And the my motivation was to get out of the date. And the waiter's motivation was to keep me there as long as he could. <laughs> and I remember going back and forth and just like making up all the excuses and, and nothing was working. <laughs> and then eventually I just, I said, oh, sorry. I took off my shoes. I got to take this yeah and like like get smart i was like oh they need me i was like i'm i gotta go and, and i was and like everybody lost it and it was just like stupid and funny and oh, i was like and then everybody so laughed in the pure. room and i was like oh wow this is fun and then i yeah. just the rest was just i just did improv and made people laugh and i think it really just helped me just socially and not be as awkward of and, course you, know. you reminded me when i was in my high school improv team my tada moment my friend adam jetty looking back it was kind of telling we're in a scene, we're on a bus, and he comes up and he goes, roses are red, violets are blue. He's making a big choice. And I went, can I sit down here, here with you? Like, I just interrupted him. And it murdered. But the poor guy was like, no, roses are... Like, he had, a, he had his own idea. I had to finish it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very telling. <laughs> There's a part of me that wanted to be like, Shabba! Yeah, I know. And I wasn't going to wait for your poem, Adam. I'm sorry. But doing doing improv with like guys that are your friends are different too. Like, so me and the boys were friends. We leave, go to college. We come back, and Mur and it was like, hey, he did Georgetown. He's like, I want to start this improv comedy troupe. You guys want to do it with me? And we're like, sure. So we start doing improv. We start practicing improv. Four of us in my basement, in my mother's basement. And I was living with my mother at the time in my mother's basement, and. It was just like for six months, just watching tapes of ourselves for no reason, just because we were enjoying it. We all had jobs. And then when you do it with your friends, I remember like just the support. Because then I moved out to LA in 03 and I did Improv Olympic out here. Yeah, and me I, too. I did, oh, did, you? I did in uh, Chicago. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did it with like, but I did it with strangers. And this was my first time improvising with strangers. Yeah. I remember improvising with your friends. Like it's different. Like you feel like they could just let you go. And I remember specifically, there was this one scene. So I used to come back and forth between New York and here for two years. And whenever I came back to New York, we put on a show because I'd be in town. Yeah. It'd be fun to do it, you know? So I remember I w had gone from a show to Improv Olympic. And it was just like a weird show where I wasn't feeling supported. And then I go to New York to do a show with the boys, the Tenderloins, our group. And we're doing a show. And the, the stage cleared. And I just 
sat down like nobody was there like we just did a big funny scene i just sat down and i just sat there and nobody was saying anything so i just opened up a fake book and went dear diary chad looked great today and like it crushed and then they all just had the faith just to stand there and just let me go oh where i like i felt like whenever you did it like in la or wherever else with strangers they were like oh like get out of here and they just sat there and like watch and it, it was one of it felt like so weird and different. I remember that moment being like, this is the difference between doing comedy with people that care about you and your friends versus people who you don't know. Just trying to shine. Trying to shine or being like, and I equate that to being like, if you tried to cast Impractical Jokers versus do the show with people who are truly friends, it's yeah. a totally different idea. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't, yeah. So that's why I, I really think like a big part of my comedy was always... It was always camaraderie. It was always uh, collaborative, yeah. you know. And now that I'm out on my own, it's like it was a total. That was the biggest curve for me. Biggest learning curve for me was like, oh, this is go ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, me? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all kind of. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big. It was a big change for a while. I'm, you know, I've gotten used to it, but that was the biggest going into stand up stand up comedy. Yeah. 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 When did that start? Uh, 2021. Right? Really recently. 2021. Yeah. My I first show was that. in January in Appleton, Wisconsin. 2021 at the Skyline. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good That's choice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Me, Steve Byrne, and Jiggy did our Will show there. Yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, he that just guy doesn't like jokes. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He's not a big fan of the jokes. <laughs> yeah. We did. Uh, his name's Mark Jagardian. He's a he's a very funny comic who's a friend of mine and a very good stand up. So he helped me. Like I was kind of nervous getting out there for the first time. So why? <laughs> no, not why nervous. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it, Joe? Uh, I had some things in my personal life that had me have to leave the show, and I still had to like pay bills and do leave things. impractical jokers yeah oh this is news yeah. to me i'm not just oh. being a good interviewer i didn't know that i'm being a bad researcher <laughs> you don't need to do research you don't talk about that we don't mm, not really yeah what happened <laughs> <laughs> was it in the group was it in the group like tensions in the group? no oh it was no, something no, in your personal no, life, yeah, personal life. Yeah, my wife and i separated for a while well that's on your wikipedia yeah <laughs> got that <laughs> so you could you could connect a and b <laughs> You know, your wife and you separate. That's when you stay with the show. <laughs> yes, I'm like nobody's gotta... like, ah, my life's falling apart. Time to leave my <laughs> hit show. Yeah, you got to be in a different space. Mentally. Oh, you were just bummed. Yeah, so it was like a lot. It was just like a lot going on. But then you got back. Yes, we're back. What happened? <laughs> we decided to give it another go. So, but I just mean not just for gossip. It's like interesting. Obviously, I was just joking last night because I've been married twice. And somebody was like, oh, Pete, you've been married before, too? And I was like, yeah, to Val. <laughs> like, I made the joke that we got divorced <laughs> and got, got back. back together. And those, those have always been interesting to me. So in the spirit of helpfulness, what helped? What healed between? Not not the dirt. Not the no, stuff yeah, she no, wouldn't want you to say. No, of course. But for people that are like no, I think so. hitting pause, what, how do you do that right? Accountability of yourself, I think. Take a real look in the mirror, you know, self. Be hard on yourself. Be hard on yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's no way, way easier to be harder than when you're literally by yourself and separated. Like, you know, like that was a big thing being separated. Like I had, I, I realized this when I separated from when I was in my apartment, I had never lived by myself ever in my life. That's, see, that's. And I was 47 years old and like that wow. apartment gets quiet. So this know? was three years in the future? Uh, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That is a big one. Because when I was married the first time, I had never lived alone. Gotcha. And you Why know, did yours fall apart? She had an affair. Got it. But really, that's not it. No. That was the, um, that was like the, I guess the symptoms were all these things yeah. that I didn't even know I didn't know. 100%. I was a little baby boy. Yeah. I married when I was 22. So like. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So when we split up and then I was alone, I started like this is so stupid. Women are so much more than doing dishes. It's not about doing dishes, but it is about going like, 
what if they weren't here? Yeah. Like, you got to know how to yeah. keep your house, make your bed, figure out dinner. That's not my, I still do those things. I, may, I This is important because I'm not saying those are what wives are for. No, no. I made my daughter breakfast this morning and I made her lunch. Yeah. We fucking do it. We fucking do it. But one of the ways I learned how to do that was when you're alone, you see how Somebody's much goes into yeah, it. Yeah. And I had a mommy wife, and that's embarrassing to say, yeah. but that's not what she wanted to be. And I kind of had, without knowing what I was doing, I'm trying to, I'm embarrassed. So I'm trying to say like, I didn't know, right. but I was going like, you you take care of the things and I'll go out and like tap dance yeah, and do stand up. Yeah. And I I got to pay for all this. Like you think you know you think about like what what it really means to contribute to a relationship. And that was a big thing for me. It was like I was like I'm out here killing myself trying to pay provide, for yeah. to provide. And she's like, yeah, but you're not providing what what's needed. That's you it. Know? But that's okay. Yeah. Look, I I don't want to say we're victims, but in a sense, it's hard. We are because we yeah. inherited. Let's let's remove victims. That's too hot. What I'm saying is I sympathize with what you're saying because i also grew up in a house where it was just very very unspoken dad pays for everything so dad's vote counts for like five votes mm. and i catch myself sometimes doing that with val she um great example i think i'm going to be shooting a movie in december i'll be gone for like 20 days and nobody no, Val's very supportive. She's not, I'm not afraid to tell her that. I do, mm -hmm. you know, is that, how does that sound? How does that look that month? All that sort of stuff. But because I get paid to do it, you're just sort of like, it's tempting to be like, so therefore no one can say shit. Yeah. And then she, Val also wants to be a director. Uh, and she is taking, wants to take a course, like a, a directing course. Mm. And there's these things and you make your own films and you learn shot lists and all this stuff. And it was like something like 30 days and every day from nine to five. And she pitches this to me. And if I'm being honest and it's embarrassing, there was a little resistance. I was like, 30 days is a long fucking time for me to make every meal right, and right, pick up every pickup. And, and I, now I can't work and all, all these feelings. And, I, and the, the, the fail safe thing, it's like a train track and it's always set to this way, meaning money wins. And then I was like, and now to really overshare, but I'm going to put this back to you. When I go home and visit my parents, I see the cost of my mother not having fulfilled certain things that she would have. And I come home, that conversation was very positive. I was like, you, you have to do it. But we uncovered that I was a little slow to say that because I was like, but that will cost money. Right, <laughs> I mean, right, right, right. That's 30 days and you're gone and then you come home and there's less money. Right. But that's not valid. And then when I go home, to see my parents and my mom is just like, I just wish I was good at something. And I'm like, I run home and I kiss Val's right. feet metaphorically. Know, yeah. Then I'm like, go fucking do it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Just me bringing home bags of yeah. bacon doesn't doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for you. What does that make you think? I just talked for a long no, time. No, no, I got I'm going to eat a terrible <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think, I, I do think, well, I had my daughter right before COVID started. My daughter, I came home and she said to me, she goes, Daddy, you're home. I love when you come to visit. 
Shut the fuck. So shut the fuck like, up. What the fuck is? What going is on? that? Like what? You is know that? what that? Like that? it's hysterical and it it hurts. Oh, like buddy, no, know? I'm I'm with you, you on every front. Like my five year old daughter says that to me. So and then like, it cuts to black and goes Magnolia pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's right? like an IFC movie. So that happens, you know. But it's not even just like you can't just blame. It, it, it's more just like a mindset and also like paying attention to what. Like I always say, people say, "Oh, what's what's the secret to like a marriage and blah 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 and advice?" And I always say, no matter if you feel like your soulmates or not, no, it's impossible to know what other people are thinking. You need to say what you're thinking, wow. say what you need, say what you're talking about. Because I always thought I knew best. She always thought she knew best. She always thought, uh, you know, we all had our roles and whatnot. And it just turns into this: no, you're both completely off. And before you know it, and you're looking at it, you're like, we are so far away from, and nobody even knows, knows it. what and anybody's really 100%, thinking. Hundred percent. Yeah, that so. is. Okay, I want to. We're gonna stay on all of this, but like, Val's not a comedian, and one of the things that I've noticed rubbing off on her, she's getting more comfortable saying what she's actually thinking, like mm. even making jokes. And I was like, see, that's that's practice. Yeah, like making a joke, like, oh yeah, because Katie didn't want a pudding. That's a dumb joke. I'm, that's sarcasm. I'm not a huge fan of that. But like, yeah. we can get practice at reporting in real time what we're thinking and feeling yeah which is a huge skill i think it's i think it's probably one of the best like people I, i'm known for really saying like shooting straight like you know if i have something to say i'll, I'll say it you know that kind yeah. of thing but when it came to certain things i'd be i would assume that either she knew or didn't want to say it because i knew the fallout and i was leaving to go do this thing in two days and i'll be gone for six mm. like so like i want to make these moments at home vacation home it was like a f you, you right. make this like fake reality. Like my my job costs a lot of travel, and now even that I travel so much, I'm still like drop the kids off at school, do this do homework at three o'clock. I could do all these different things. It's just a different way yeah. to do it. You know, you manage your time. You're in your own. You're you're your own boss. You're not part of like a whole machine. You know, like you could do what you have to do. So it, you you feel more in charge if that makes sense of yeah. not only your life but the life that you're trying to build. Yeah. So I think that really well, going back to that moment. After your kid said, I love when you come to visit, was that like a right away change or no. did it take a while for no. you to- Well, COVID happened and I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, because In the sense I, that you, you could be home. home. Yeah. Oh no, for the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> You're the guy that made it in I'm a like, lab. I got to do something. It worked. It worked. <laughs> Daddy's home. So uh, no, like that happened. In, the was, worst Hallmark movie. He made. He, he did what he, he had, had to, to do. <laughs> and now his daughter loves him. It just Daddy's home. Beep beep. And she's riding a bike. Um, I I think Daddy's home is a great name too. Daddy's yeah. Homed. 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 Covid for the holidays. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I, there's some home nineteen. Home nineteen. Yeah. Home. Their address is nineteen. Yeah, that's it. Home Ed home nineteen, and your character name is Ed. <laughs> Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We're, we'll workshop it. We'll, we'll get workshop back to it. it. We'll Hallmark will buy it. Yeah, Val direct. Val direct. <laughs> she needs to break the break the seal. That's it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I so I, I I think like when that happened, it helped. Like well, but then COVID happened, and like it was like you're dealing with all that too on top of it. So then I just found myself in just a shitstorm of stuff. But like it did make me think to be a little bit more of a father that i remember my father being you know like I, I i was just funny and silly and kind of but i wasn't like somebody that they would remember like i think about that because my dad died when i was 19 and i can't believe the impact he had in my life in that much time that little time yeah and i was like if i'm honest with myself i'm not doing that now i am and now i'm super proud of what i've become but like then it was like i was a stranger clearly she's telling me i'm glad she's glad i'm not gonna visit you know? how old was she when she said that? five yeah yeah, there, I don't want to ruin the story. There, there is a chance that she didn't mean it that way. <laughs> you know what I 
mean like they're just saying it's like for yeah. to visit yeah. means like yeah. I like when you're here. But here. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. not take. She probably didn't know what you were saying. Yeah, yeah she, she called me Frank. <laughs> that was her heart. I was like, mm. uh, yeah, no, but the, I, you're right too. But it's just, but, so that, but it could on? be just like you're looking in the mirror, right? Like it just forces you to be like, oh my god. No, so like, that I felt it that way. Yeah. She's right. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't matter what how she exactly meant it. Meant it, it but you heard it exactly, and it was happening. So what was the first change? Did you start saying no to stuff? No, it was more being present and not trying to do as much at the same time, which I was failing at because a lot hap was happening with the work. So the show shuts down because of COVID. We have to come up with a new show. We do dinner party. So I'm working on that at home, um, trying to produce that. Then, you know, the movie had, uh, you know, working on editing the movie at the same time with all this. So it was like a, right before that. So it was like just a lot of being absent and, I think a lot of it just started like to, I tried to do changes, but I wasn't super successful, if I'm going to be honest. Mm. Um, and then until I was forced to have to, I think. Forced to have to. Make changes for the better. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that's, that was it. You know, I, I, I tried, but you, th I, I feel like too, when you say like, I, you probably could relate to this. When you think that you're doing enough, you're not. Like mm. I felt like I was doing just enough for it to be like, you know, and I'm like, isn't this great? Like, and it's like, it's good. Right. It's not, and you've already done a lot of like, it's not only doing the work, it's like fixing what you damaged along yeah. the way. You know? Yeah. So I feel like that was part of it. And I relate to also, Val and I have to be very open. Sometimes like, okay, it's today. So we live, we live 90 minutes from here. I come in, we do this. Then I have, I'm doing someone else's podcast and then I have a show tonight. And that's, that's a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it, by the end of the day, that's just the driving is is three hours in the car plus the driving in la right and then i get home and we it's a weird thing to be a clown yeah yeah and to come home and be like but try to find a, a loving way to say that and be like i just need a minute to like shift gears mm -hmm. and it was it was jed apatow that was like sometimes it's just a shower but there needs to be something that carries you over the threshold from what we're doing which is very fun and easy i'm not saying this is hard work right but it's a different part of your brain yeah and you said it what my daughter and you have two kids what your kids want i i, I would say is what we all want but is someone who's is being present and responsive and, and reflecting to them yeah like i saw my daughter is now five and i just saw her last night i'm always giving her like a lot of looks, very improv -y. Mm. I'm locked onto her like a scene partner. Yeah. And like, I'm starting to see her noticing. Cause for a while she just thought everybody was that way. Yeah. And now she's met enough other people yeah. to go like, That's they, they call it the father's gaze or the mother's gaze. Mm -hmm. When a mom is breastfeeding with the baby, there's there there's a shared gaze. And that's one of the ways that they bond so hard. So I'm always, I can't do that. I got no, I got no titty milk. So the, but the gaze, the approving smile of the father, yeah, for sure, is such a big deal. Yeah. So I'm trying to be real, not just like every single thing, but let's be real, every single thing I do like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th I, I, at five, it's different because my kids are eight and six now. So my son is six, my daughter is eight, and with a five year old daughter, I, I remember like when they get to five, like you hear all these different theories about how you should act. And I just try to remember, like, I feel like my parents did a good job. Mm. And I remember I've like, 
and of course you know they had all their problems you don't know yeah. them you, they probably did things wrong you don't know you know you just feel that way about them but i try to remember like things that I remember to be good and I want to do that with my kids. So like I helped them with their homework and I remember my mom yeah. was not a very smart lady and yeah. I was like super smart and like she would sit there and like try to yeah. do, you yeah, know, yeah. and just, but she would just be there with me to do stuff. That's you know? so key. So it's like, I think that was really like the part of it. Like I, and I had, I started this new thing whenever my kid asked me, and I, I say this to parents, whenever your kid asks you to play, stop what you're doing and play. Mm. stop what you're doing and play because there's going to be a time where they don't anymore yeah. and the amount of times they ask you to play over their lifetime is what 50 that you don't have that many important things to do yeah. like there's nothing more important than playing with your kid and so whenever my kid i drop whatever i'm doing i don't care like i've missed stuff yeah like, i've been my i've like I, I move meetings zooms whatever whatever i have to do i was like wow you know and i really I, that's been a takeaway for me that I, I was like this is a good way to be a dad just like to spend time they just want to spend time that's, well, that's what it the is thing. like your mom the brain says I'm helping my kid with my homework. The heart says I'm with my kid. Spend time, yeah. So the brain can win because mm -hmm. the brain deals with the brain stuff yeah. and it's almost talking to itself. It's yeah. like, well, I can't help my kid with this math. I can't do it. <laughs> just be there. Mm -hmm. And Leela's getting old enough now that we can just be in the same room, not like she might be playing. Last night she was playing with her train and I was building a Lego uh, Ninja Turtle and I was like... <laughs> I was so happy because I was like, I just want to be someone who can be near you mm -hmm. and not smother you and yeah. just kind of be like a space heater. Yeah. That's, like, oh, that's great. That's great. If you need me, yeah. if you need a little warmth, <laughs> come, on by. come over here. Yeah. But because uh, it, it can go too far as well. Like the kid, you can, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm aware of the potential to like, burden your child yeah like helicoptery then you're dealing with what you need and that's your bullshit that's what i mean is you kid. need yeah. a best friend yeah, so, like, ah! yeah i mean when we were separated i was like trying to almost fall into that trap a little bit where it was like that's where it happened that was yeah. it's tough and i was like oh and i was like but we decided i was like listen we're gonna get you know we're getting divorced i don't want you know it's not us and that and she was awesome we had dinner at the house together even you know, during so like, the rough time. Even times. during the rough time. Like we had dinner together at the house. I just told like, my mom this, here. by the way, because we have friends that are split, mm -hmm. but they still have family dinner like a couple times a week. They hang out, they go to birthday, but they, they're still a yep. family. And my mom was like, that is ridiculous. And I was like, but what is the alternative, Ma? Like right. they just go away? Yeah. And she was like, don't get divorced. And I was like, well, people do get divorced, yeah. but then they're still a family. And then I'm saying goodbye to her. And I, oh, I, I made the mistake of saying this. I was like, if Val and I got divorced, we would stay together as a family. Yeah. I thought that was like a good thing to say. You don't even realize, I might as well be talking about what we're going to be like when we live on Mars. Like, it's the craziest <laughs> thing. All, right. All she heard was me and Val are getting divorced, which is the farthest thing Different from the truth. truth. Yeah. But I'm leaving. We don't talk about it again. A couple days later, I'm going in uh, her weird old lady bedroom to say goodbye at like six in the morning. And I, I give her a hug and a kiss and I'm like, I'm leaving. And she goes, don't leave Val. <laughs> and I was like, that's not what I was saying. Don't mess this up. Don't you do it. And I was like, wow. Yeah, they just hear what they're going to hear. Now, these days, I can go, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So you went from these dinners. And again, in the spirit of helpfulness, what, what started to thaw the ice? When I went to buy a house. Because I was living in an apartment. Act break. Yeah. First person... <laughs> Getfirstperson.com. You can boost your dopamine and your oxytocin. You actually get some. There's right there. <laughs> no, okay. So when you bought a house, what do you mean? That was just such a good cliffhanger. There you go. Uh, I talk. I talk in cliffhangers. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to tell you. Stick around. <laughs> you are show. Um.
Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our newest Pete's Pick, which I am thrilled about, Air Doctor. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. But the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? That's insane. So what is the solution? Introducing an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Our friends at Air Doctor. This is the best air filter that I have ever found. I love the way it looks, but I mostly love the way it works. Air Doctor filters out 99.99%. I said that right, 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that make you sick. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code PETE. You'll get up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and be sure to use the promo code PETE. Support this podcast and support your lungs and your health in the new year. Speaking of lungs, well, health, ritual. You guys know I'm a huge believer in ritual multivitamins. They make my multi that I take every day, and they make my pre, post, and probiotic that I also take every single day. Same for Val. If supporting foundational health was a sport, you would want ritual on your team. According to the CDC, fewer men than women meet the minimum daily intake recommendations for fruits and vegetables, and men are more likely to overvalue exercise and undervalue nutrition. What's the solution? Ritual, a multivitamin scientifically developed to help men fill nutrition gaps in their diets. And I can speak to this firsthand. I have my own anecdotal evidence. I went to the doctor. They told me I was deficient in this, 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 this. That was before ritual. Now I go and I knock it out of the park. It fills those gaps. Everybody always thinks you just pee out the vitamins. Ritual has a delayed release, which means it doesn't break down until it's in your lower intestine where these nutrients can actually be absorbed. 10 key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day designed to dissolve later in the small intestine, an optimal place to absorb nutrients. Also great for fasting. It's not going to make you sick if you haven't eaten anything. means it's gentle on an empty stomach and even has a minty essence in every bottle that makes taking your multis actually enjoyable. Essential for men. It's what I take. I've taken it for years. It's a quality multivitamin from a company you can actually trust and you can get 40% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash weird. This offer is only available through January 31st. So jump on it, start ritual or add essential to men. And I also recommend their uh, symbiotic plus probiotic. Also, they got great stuff for all age groups and uh, genders. Of course, go get a subscription, support your body, support the show. That's ritual.com slash weird for 40% off. All right, everybody back to Joe. So we, I do a dog rescue. I have this uh, dog rescue that I do. Um, and we were 
there's this company in the city that wanted to borrow some of our old dogs. We do a senior dog rescue, Gatto Pups and Friends. It's mostly senior and unwanted dogs, so we have a bunch of old dogs. It's, it's Gatto Pups. Gatto. No, you're saying you're- I'm saying my name wrong. Gatto. I did pick it up that you said it wrong. I was like, I didn't do his research. Can't do audio research. It's Gatto Pups. Now people are going to spell it wrong. What did I say? Gatto. And it's- Gatto. Gat. Like G-A-T. That's what I said. Gatto. There you go. Gatto. Okay, great. We'll While we're at it, it's daughter. <laughs> Not daughter. Not daughter. Oh, I got it. My yeah. daughter and I. My daughter and no, I. Ne- never change. Yes. Every time you say it, I'm it's like. It's <laughs> <laughs> Not buffalo. Oh, buffalo. Okay. Got it. Um, so when I wanted to. Uh, I was living in an apartment complex and I was like, this is not the life I want for myself. I'm going to buy a house. So. Um, I said, you know, I started, I put a bid in for a house. Where are you? Because I keep picturing you in Staten Island. Uh, Long Island. You're in Long Island. I live in Long Island, yeah. So I'm in Long Island. You live on Long Island. I live on Long Island, not in. You don't live in an island. Uh, You live on an island. We'll get back to it. So, uh, but you're in Manhattan, which makes no sense. So I was, I was, uh, these people wanted to borrow some of our old dogs. They needed them from 9.30 to 4.30 in the city. And I was like, listen, we'll just grab a hotel room. Um, I said, I'll work. And then you could just, you know, take a nap and hang out. She said, okay. So we're in there and I get the note that I didn't win the bid on the house. And I was like, oh, I didn't win the bid. So then I opened up and I started looking for another one. There was another house I liked. And I asked her, I was like, do you like, I was like, what about this house? You think this one's okay? And she said- Wait, you're with your wife at this I'm with her, yeah. Okay. We're, we're at this event. You know, oh, okay. Because we were taking the dogs together. They, had, they needed like five dogs. So I helped her bring them in. So then she said, uh, she just said to me, do you want to get back together? As I'm looking at the house, she goes, do you want to get back together? And I just didn't filter. I just said, yeah, do you? And she goes, yeah. And that was it. And we just, I, we like, look, she started to cry. I shut the laptop and I was like, wait, I said, are you sh- like you do? And she, said, she goes, she goes, yeah. She's like, you know, and then we just started talking. We talked all day and I said, well, let's take our time with it. And I said, I don't want this to be a knee jerk reaction. This was in May, I think, or you know, something. And I said, I don't want to be, this to be a knee jerk reaction. Let's take our time. So we started going to dinners, hanging out, having hard talks, mm. relaxing. You know, uh, I stick, kept my apartment. And then I just started to stay at the house a couple times. Started dating. Started dating. Yeah. There's your movie. Yeah, pretty much yeah, dating this, my yeah, wife. Dating my wife. Uh, so we started, but it was more than that. It was more the talking than the dating. It was more just being like open, honest, and being like, hey, you know. And then we got to uh, a point in August, and I was like, look, I said, I'm, I said, I'm about to hit the road again. I said, I would love not to live out of three houses, the road here and there. I said, you know, I took the summer off. I was able to take the summer off because I'm in charge of my own thing. I hung with the family. We did some good bonding, and I was like. Um, ready to move back in if you want to and she said yeah and then that was it that was in august so the the time between zillow saving your relationship yes 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 uh, if i if i won that bid it's a totally different outcome if i won that first house that would have been your house that was my house i would have had a house and the second house was more of a family house no the second house was no it would have been they were both just like small houses i didn't need a yeah. big house we have the house it was like yeah, yeah, yeah this has just been i didn't want to live in an apartment building and then she was like do you want to come back and then she, she was like well yeah this is our house kind of thing because there was a part of me that was like were you looking at the dopest house ever and she was like do you want to get back <laughs> together <laughs> let's live in this house no we kept our family home i she stayed in our family home okay now uh, because i always wanted that to be where my kids grew up and it's yeah, great, yeah, yeah great school great neighborhood the house is great but when I was like living in an apartment complex and there was a fire alarm that went off at 1130 and I had to leave my apartment at 1130, I'm like, what am I doing with myself yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is not where I should be. So yeah. and I couldn't have my dogs in the yard. I Open had to go with me. Ding dong, fully out. <laughs> just standing with all the hipsters yeah. and you're like, what am I doing? People ask you for selfies. <laughs> um, in my ah, bathroom. I should be with my daughter. Yeah, my daughter. Da- daughter? Is that how you say? 
daughter. D-O-T-T-E-R, daughter. Yeah, there you go, got it. I like that you pointed out how it's wrong <laughs> in your learning. In my learning. You're yeah. like, you mean like uh, a different word? Different word, yeah, that's it. it up. Okay, so... Yeah, so what was the what was the melting in the in between? So there's the split. Yep. And I'm picturing plates. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's a split and you're a ding dong and you had a lot to learn. Was it the was it to my mom's point that this is a good thing to do. You, you having those dinners was that kind of yeah. a slow melting? Yeah, well we both got to talk about our beefs. Like there was stuff that was on, you were both, split. on both sides of it. Yeah. So we were split. So we were just being like kind of open and honest, you know, like yeah. this is what I needed. This is what I needed. This is what I needed back and forth about stuff. This is why I didn't do that. This is why I didn't do that. Just talking and not in a different tone, not a defensive kind of thing. Cause you're already split. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like, this is, this is why you kind it's of like, feel instead of, yeah, this is what's bothering me. Fix it. It's more like, this is why we're broke, you know, kind of. It reminds me of deathbed epiphanies 100%. When, when you're already dead. Yeah. You're like, why was I, why was I mad? Yeah. Why was I so stressed? Why didn't I talk to my brother for 10 years? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so. So similar. It was a deathbed it was, Zillow resurrection. I think I, I attribute it to both. <laughs> I attribute it Equal to parts death equal deathbed and Zillow. Yes, yeah. If I had to put them together. But because the pressure was off. Because Merit, just cohabitating is, is a tense thing. And it's, I guess this is a real argument for like, it's hard to maybe do that growth together. Like while yeah. you're. Still mad. You get that used to the way things. You get out. used to the way that things are, and then the things, the, the way things are, aren't the way that you want them to be. Yeah. But those are the. That's the way they are. Yeah. So it was like a. We, it's a weird cyclical thing that you needed to break. It was more. You know. Look, there's a lot of layers to this. I'm not. I'm not. You know. Going to get into all of it, but that's it. It's the. It's the <laughs> trifle. I don't want to trifle about it. We're but, eating these, just not right now. We have to eat it towards the end. <laughs> like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan eating that pineapple pizza ruined the audio. I don't know if you listened to that episode. I was I like, did. Jesus Christ. Nobody needs to hear You're this, this lip smack. Yeah. Um, mm, I old. ate five on the way in. You did? <laughs> did you already have some? No, I didn't. I have one in my, uh, in my hotel room. <laughs> I dropped off one. <laughs> uh, that's why it's only five. I bought six. I love that you got five for me. <laughs> I did, well, I didn't know. I didn't know how I, this, seems like a big, this seems like a big operation. You uh, put on a hell of yeah. a front. Yeah. Like, when you look at it from that side, yeah, this is like, like this is a, this the is Wild not, West where it's just a facade. I know. It's crazy. And then it falls Because I walked in. It's not what you think, people. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and we redid it. We, we've we made this joke before, but Marianne Williamson did it, and she was like, like clearly, like, like what the fuck am I doing? So we were like, all right, we'll put up the backdrop and all this stuff. No, you're like, come in my shed. Yeah. <laughs> come in my <laughs> shed, <Why'd> presidential <laughs> nominee, or whatever. I guess she's not the nominee yet. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Here we go. Where are we? Oh, the melting was the families yeah. and the, the time apart. And what did you learn? I know you've already kind of hinted at it, but like, not hinted, but said some of the things. Learn how to live on your own. That made a difference. Well, no, I think being by yourself made you think honestly. You know, and there's no... There's you had no, the quiet. Yeah, the quiet. And what was your... What was your... Again, in the spirit of helpfulness, what was your blind spot? Mine was that I was a man baby. I was selfish. I was yeah. secretly only cared about comedy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Keep the factory running. But yeah. then like my real life was outside <laughs> of the home. Yeah. What did anything... Take I, equa with I equated providing with money. Yeah. And she... You know, she's always been supportive, uh, still to this day, loves my ambition. It's one of the things she loves about me, you know? So it was never anything like that. It was never, yeah. but it was more of not totally ignoring everything else and being like, look, I'm out there doing it for us. Right. And she's like, yeah, but this is the for us. We need, what about this us? What about here? Right. 
You know, and then the other thing too, I think really that helped with the, was a realignment of fatherhood, which mm. was being a real dad that's somebody that you could be proud of that that's her husband, that's the father he is, yeah. as opposed to this guy who was just like had a kind of a relationship with a kid, you know, but right. now it's like, and you remember these little moments that are things. I remember the first time they yelled daddy and, and when they woke up scared instead of mommy. Mm. And I remember being like, oh, that was- It was you, you know, scaring the thing. I was, I, I was like, fucking call for me. Uh, I'm paying my kid off. I'm like, say daddy, wake up. Yeah, he's he's like, this sounds too big for a lady. <laughs> this is definitely a monster. A big monster. Uh, a big monster, yeah. So I was, uh, so it was like things like that. Just little things. I was like, just check-ins for you. That are like, oh, you're doing something right. You're making adjustments, you know? Yeah. So- Real quick. Cute. It is cute. It's cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> good way. The good cute. Thank you. Yeah. No, I cute think it's condescending. I don't mean it condescending. I'm okay. like, it's very cool that you were like, I got it. Yeah. I hear it, and I'm going to change. Men and changing, not so much. <laughs> no so yeah. Much. It's there's a there's a lot though too. But I mean, it was good. And like I said, it goes both ways in a marriage too. I don't think there's accountability to be that you're the problem but sometimes the problem is that you're just not saying what you think the problem is with the other people and you need you need something in return so the I passive th- violence of of silence yeah, kind of 100 percent. yeah and i think that sounds like a, a novel it does the it, passive the violence of, of silence. silence yeah but that's real it's like you think is that a real being, book no you think you're it is now it's like my movie yeah. body swap movie nobody take nobody take these ideas <laughs> these are all uh but like you think you're being peaceable mm-hmm. by being quiet but there's actually like a festering. A lot of my breakups before I got married were because I just kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to fight, yeah, and I didn't want, I didn't want to rock the boat. So they were all out of the blue breakups a lot of the time, and yeah. I and I feel bad about that. But a lot of the times they'd be like, "What?" And it's because I didn't trust my own feelings. Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable with my own uh, dislikes. And I didn't want to share it. That's the last thing I wanted them yeah. to know is that I thought it was annoying when right. they did this, this, that, or this. Yeah. And that's a different kind of feeding aggression. the mirage. You're feeding the mirage. Exactly. Yeah. You're being well, it's also what I learned to do as a as a as a son was I was like, nothing's wrong, yeah. everything's fine. So I understand why I did it. But mm. I had to learn to just be like like my first divorce, we lived in uh, Sleepy Hollow in upstate. Speaking of spooky. Very monsters. We were we lived on Gory Brook Road. What are you doing? That was doomed from the get go, <laughs> from the jump. Buddy, you were living <laughs> Gory Brook yeah, Road. That wasn't going to work Sleepy out. Sleepy Hollow, <laughs> behind a cemetery, in a, a three story house, and everybody above and below us was like actively like ill. <laughs> like it was like the weirdest. <laughs> that is weird. There's a very old woman here, and there was a very coffee. And it, I don't want to make fun of sick people, but it was a weird feeling. I didn't feel like you were making fun of sick people. I think you were painting a picture. I had riffs. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cut yourself off. You're like, hold on. There were riffs. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was it was a weird sandwich of sort of like decay. In, a, in it's that what it, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And you're an absolutely- Oreo of decay, if you will. <laughs> These are still cold. Yes. These are going to be so good. Do you want one now, Katie? Uh, no, I'll get one later. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have one when we cut. We're not. We're not rolling. <laughs> um, but anyway, I. What was I saying? My first marriage. Where you, yeah, where you lived. And oh, and I didn't know from that experience. I learned. I'm. I was 27 when we did that. Now I look back. I'm like 27. Yeah. That's- you're just starting. Yeah. And a couple things went well in my career. And then I was like, 
in, I felt invincible. Yeah. And then I moved to Sleepy Hollow, and then I realized I'm mortal. <laughs> I'm very mortal. Yeah. But the good part of that is now with Val, I I knew going into that relationship, I was like, there's certain things I need. That's why we lived at this house for a long time. I used to say, I was like, I just need to know there's a a mic, an open mic that I can walk to if I if I'm itchy. I've calmed down a lot since and we moved out of the city again, but I was mm -hmm. nervous. But I, le I learned how to speak up for myself and I learned the passive violence of silence. Right, yeah. And, and that you need, it's not loving to move to Sleepy Hollow right. when you are screaming. Yeah. Dude, I've told this before, but we were walking, the first night we spent at that haunted house, we were walking up this deadly quiet street and I hated it. It was so quiet because I liked the city. Yeah. I used to go into the West Village and just fucking just hang out yeah. and go to shows. People watch and hear. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it as much as I do now, but back then I was like, it's 27. The energy fed you, yeah. It fed me. And we're walking up this deadly, quiet, gory brook road. And Val, uh, Val, and my ex at the time, my wife at the time, my ex now, goes, do you want to paint over the wall? Because we had painted the wall. Should we paint over the wall and go back to Brooklyn? And a voice inside of me screamed, Yes. And I didn't listen. Mm. I went, no. And I was like, I've heard that voice scream yeah. since then. And I've never not. It's like you with kids and playing. Yeah. That voice rarely screams. Right. But if you it screams, you it. go like, yeah. you better listen to it. Because there is a, a unconscious or maybe a, a body intelligence that you're just like, that knew yeah. before I knew. Yeah. And it was, it was a type of violence to be like. There's a connection. We should yeah. stay here. Yeah, there's a connection. This is okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, the mind is stupid sometimes. It makes you not speak. That's right. It's just like because uh, it's irrational yeah, to speak. Uh -huh. But let's get irrational, baby. You want to get nuts? Yeah, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Yeah. I should have been nuts. But, you know, she was already having the affair. I don't know what, why she even did that to me. <laughs> In hindsight, she was like, Are you sure this is the right place? I was like, I don't know. I'm too far from what have you been up to I'm lately? Too, I'm too far from my other man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's like, The commute is killing me. me. Gas prices are rising. Um, I don't mean to make fun. I love you. No, it's uh, it's it's totally in yeah. the fun zone. Okay. She almost got caught once because she was nervous. We were on the phone and she told me she was going somewhere, but the GPS was I think it might have been going to Staten Island, actually. I'm not sure about Ooh. that. But so the roads were wrong. It was like enter <laughs> Triborough Bridge or whatever. And she was like ah, she's trying to mute it. Yeah. This car's on the fritz. I told you. <laughs> the way the technology yeah. can fuck Thank up you. affairs. Yeah. Oh, it really was the death of it. Yeah. It is. Death of affairs, being able to get tracked. Well, I don't think it was affairs, but David Spade had a joke, I think, where he was like, social media has ruined everything. Like, yeah. even if you're just trying to not go out with somebody that night because you don't want to, and yeah. you go out with your friends and someone takes your picture. picture and you're uh, like, yeah. It's ruined. Yeah. You went yeah. out with Frank. <laughs> what are you talking Come about? Come on, Spade. You got to have a little handicap. I know. <laughs> a little He's bit. out there at the Playboy Mansion doing lines from Tommy Boy. <laughs> Fucking take a handicap. <laughs> We're going to knock you down a peg. That's right. I did. Yeah. I think I, yeah, it's, it's just weird. It's just like, being self-aware is the hardest thing. And once you get, you do the work to try to like figure that part out, it was like. You don't know yourself. You know, yeah. yeah. And that's okay, but you should know that you don't know yourself. Yeah. And we should be more comfortable being like, I don't even, maybe I don't even know what I want, but yeah. I'm, I, I need to pause. One of the second. most powerful statements I heard and it helped me through a lot of it was it's okay not to be okay. Like I always was like, mm. it's okay, everything's okay. You know, I am, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm a very supportive friend, family member. I'm always like that. And then like, I was always like, it'll be okay. It'll be, you know, I'm a fixer. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got that personality, you know? So it was like, 
I heard that and it just stuck with me at a point when I wasn't okay to be like, oh, maybe this is... Yeah, it's okay. A little bit, yeah, it did a little bit of reprogramming, I think. Have you heard this one? It's corny, but... Wait, uh, you read it at Home Goods? I read it at Home Goods. Yeah, this is the best. I love that wall. I stand there and I just stare and take it all on. On the wood? Oh my God, love just the wood. Like, a wood, good wood sign. This, this deserves house. to be on a wood Go ahead, sign hit me. for men. Uh, is this a fix it or a feel it? Have you heard that one? That's great. It is great. Oh my goodness. I'm embarrassed. That's awesome. But it's great. Are you like, what are you looking for? You know what I like? People give a lot of shit to the way that we talk modern. Everyone's being aware of feelings. And it's like, nobody cares about when I was triggered in the 80s. Yeah, the fucking 80s blew. <laughs> the 80s blew. And everyone's so much more sensitive than they report to be. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Uh, I Somebody texted me this morning, excited about the show tonight. And I'm like, don't. I don't want you texting me that you're coming to the show. Like, they don't even know that they upset me. Anyway. Was that me? It was you. <laughs> Damn, no, if it was a comic, it wouldn't you. bother me. <laughs> oh, okay. It was but it's just, it's it's the pilots in the audience. Remember mm -hmm. that on Seinfeld? Yes. I don't want to think about someone I know being like, yeah. I'll see you at the grocery store. <laughs> but that that's my own shit. But anyway, yeah. uh, I was talking to a friend who was going through a hard thing, and, and I, I had to actively say, because I'm a fixing person and I'm an advice person. Yeah. That's why it's nice to have this podcast. It's like a safe place to be like, let's let out all the advice here. Yeah. But sometimes you're just like, like our kids. It's like, my daughter was sad that she had to leave something behind. And I was like, yeah, I know how you feel. Instead of being like, let's go get something else or fix it. Just be like, yeah, I know thing. exactly how you and feel. the same thing that was one of the talks that we had while we were separated. Oh, really? Yeah, my wife, uh, Bessie, said to me, she goes, uh, it's okay that she's not happy. Yeah. And I was like, okay. She's like, you have to teach her how to deal with Distress not tolerance. happy. Distress tolerance. I don't know what that is. That's just that's a fancy way of saying like they need practice yeah. being unhappy hmm. because that happens. Yeah, of course. And if you never let them practice, this sounds sadistic or something, but like if you get your first job and all you've ever known is yeah. Marshmallow Town. It's not helpful. Right. So sometimes it's the best thing to just be like, yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. This is disappointing. Yeah, it was it, it was a thing they had to figure out, I guess, too. But a lot of that came from, too, was my limited time with them. Yeah. I was working on whatever, going about to go somewhere, packing, unpacking. You know, it was yeah. kind of like that, that kind of thing. So it was like you want those moments to be like of happiness and it was so selfish. Yeah. You know, so that, that was a big learning, learning curve too, I think. No, it's great. It's great that you, that you changed. Yeah. It's amazing. That's right. So what happened with stand up? So you, so when I, are you no longer on impractical jokes? No never went back. Jokers. No, no went back. Yeah. Don't want to go back. No, I don't. I don't want to open up Zillow. Yeah. Do you want to get, get back? You want to get back together? Sal comes up. Sal, you want to get, get back together? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll never say never, but I mean, I think, I, I think, you know, when you get past a problem, a piece of something that was, you're not going to go back in, like you're going to continue your path that you're on now. I feel like I did that for a decade. It was, you know, it was great. Yeah. I love it. I love those guys. We're still friends. We're just not friends from work anymore. That's what I say. Yeah. You know, I talk to them all the time. They've been, you know, we've been friends 35 years at this point. It's crazy. Wow. So it's just more like, uh, you know, I, I have different like, things I want to go to, yeah. and and I've uh, it started with like, okay, I need to pay the bills. What can I do? I'm an entertainer. I've been on stage for a while, you know, my whole life. So my team was like, you could try stand up. They're like, you know, that that's an easy transition for you to, to you know, get yeah. up there and do it. So I called up Steve Byrne, who's a good friend of mine yeah. and a great comic and a trusted confidant. I love Steve. He's, he's a sweet guy. He's too. great and smart uh, guy too. And he's very and he's good. He's very good at advice and stuff he's a fellow consigliere we are to each other we yeah. like oh, always had that relationship and he's also a balanced guy yeah pretty like balanced. he does yeah. where does he, yeah, he, he lives in nashville where, yeah he lives in nashville but yeah. he i remember seeing him and he lived out in la and was talking about that 
and spots and but he made the choice he made the hard choice yeah he the did. balance choice yeah, balance choice to take the and we need those people yeah it's hard there there's not a lot of them yeah but the alternative i don't like it for you. <laughs> <laughs> he always said that about me it's actually so me and him do a podcast called two cool moms edit that out and uh, so he uh we didn't know what our podcast was going to be we always wanted to work together yeah. now that i had time i was like let's do one and you know so we, we started and we said we, we called our first one yin yang parmesan because we didn't know what it was and we're like we're just two of us talk about stuff and we it's always yin yang parmesan yeah, that's it and we we ended up talking a lot about like our Taoism moms is a garnish <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Uh, uh, it's Buffalo. Uh, so I, uh, we started just always talking about our moms and stuff. And we always were like generally advice givers, shot each other straight, like, told, you know, talked to them. So we were, we always talked, found ourselves talking affectionately about our mothers and a lot of that stuff. And I was like, oh, we're like two cool moms that give motherly advice to people. So yeah. that's what our podcast started as was just like us going back to what you're saying about just airing grievances but then we're like you know what let's try to help people too in a fun way yeah we'll we'll solve your dilemmas right in so we spend the second half of it solving fan submitted dilemmas but it always comes from us being able to tell stories about what people are going through because it's a human experience we mm. all figure that stuff mm. out so to be able to do that stuff was like and now have all these other different outlets that i never had mm -hmm. like it would be something to give up to go back to do what i used to do yeah so it's a little weird you know no i get that yeah I and i and that. i always i've i got in this game i always say this i never wanted to be on tv it was never what i wanted to do i ended up on a show where i got to be myself yeah you know i didn't play a character i was joe i am joe you know people see me and they're like oh he's and then they see me and they're like oh you're just like you are on tv i'm like that's because right. i didn't right i was making my what friends if you were like laugh. good afternoon <laughs> i was like <laughs> good morrow <laughs> fellow <laughs> You know, so it's like it was like it. But I always wanted to be a writer and director. Now I'm chasing that part of my dream, and yeah. um, I have my family to think about and different yeah. things. It's so I don't I don't see it right now. You know. All right. We what about the wise guys? <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me. Uh, you have your family. I got my family. Got to remember your family. Don't forget your family. Yeah. No, I no. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Staten Island, you just you, and as you get older, you remember things that are like, oh, that was weird. You know? But it's not Manhattan. It's Staten Island. Staten Island. Or it has. A, are there different families? Is it really like that? Well. I don't know the ins and outs. I just know my my. You know. I know. I can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust you. You're an outsider. I'm not even Italian, Holmes. Uh, so, no, I'm not. So I mean, we shouldn't be talking out of school. You Cut this. Be. I'll tell you all the stories you want to know. I'm not going to say anything here that could be proven. I'm not going to talk Exhibit A with you. No, on this podcast can't be played in the courtroom. <laughs> I, if you, say you have it, to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> but was it? Were you aware of it as a kid? I, I yeah a little bit but not as much as I got older I real I put thing a little things together like little things like my uncle my uncle Patty his they call him Fat Patty right he worked for the Department of Sanitation um, is and, that in quotes uh, yeah but no he really did drove a garbage truck but also yeah 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 so he uh, why that why was that because nobody I, has any follow up questions when you say does. you work for the Burger Sanitation City. and you oh, get okay. rid of everything get rid of the you get rid of everything oh that's right you get rid of everything there's a kind of genius to that it's a 24 there? hour business it's always open yeah somebody that could come and do things all right and things yeah okay so they my <laughs> my dad carpets my dad was <laughs> yeah i know my dad was uh my dad was an insurance salesman he's uh he was a vice president of an insurance salesman company straight and narrow he had a brother who was not he was not straight and narrow and he went on literally went on the lamb to uh to dc he moved down to virginia so <laughs> my my dad was like always just like this straight and narrow guy and we had this mulberry tree no mulberries so they're like they're kind of like blackberries and uh -huh. instead of we had this huge mulberry tree but they all fell and they would always get all 
all over everybody's feet and like messed up the houses. My dad hated this tree. He wanted to take it down. The tree was protected by the city because mm. it was on the city property, but it came into our yard. Typical big mulberry. Typical big mulberry, right? So my my father's complained about this at a family barbecue, at Fourth of July barbecue. We complained about it to my you know my my uncle uh, Patty's there, you know Fat Pat's there, and we're just hanging out talking. So that we go to Hawaii as a family. The scariest guy in the world. You're like, hey, Fatty, <laughs> hey, Fatso. <laughs> They're always bigger. So he's like, he's like, uh, but so we go to vacation. We go on vacation. We go to Florida. Uh, we go to Hawaii as a family. My dad has a conference, takes everybody. We're in Hawaii. We come home. We come back to the house. The mulberry tree is in my yard over the fence, just down out of the thing, whatever. So my, my father is, uh, my father's like, what the hell happened to mulberry tree? And we go up to the door and there's a note on the door and it says, uh, tell the insurance company that the wind knocked your, knocked your tree down. Love you cuz fat Pat. So he Fat came Pat. at night and he ran it over with the garbage truck and knocked it down into the into the yard. So the insurance company covered the tree getting removed, and it was a natural cause, a factual cause. <laughs> so, no yeah, he did that. He did that stuff. Yeah, and then my dad, when he got older, I was like, "Oh, Uncle Patty." He's like, "Uncle Patty's a weird." And my dad started telling me stories as I got older about like how he used to do things when he was younger. He used to, you know, run numbers and do shit like that. And then we got into his father, his brother, who he never talked to. And I was like, my dad was such a family guy. I was like, you don't talk to your to your brother anymore. And he told me the story about like how he kind of fucked him. He like took money, ran. He was he was his brother. Yeah. He was like, so the guys came to the house, and my dad literally did a, a, a an FBI sting in my parents' newlywed kitchen in Staten Island. This guy came around looking for money. And it was like, my mother was like a no-nonsense. She was like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, I married his brother. That's not our problem. He's like, it's your problem now, one of those. So my father called the cops. And they were like, we're actually looking to ping this guy up to something else. He's like, can we run a sting? And they hid in their bathroom. Waited for the guy to come over. He laid out the payment plan, what was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And they busted out and arrested him in my parents' kitchen. After he said it? After he said it. No wires, just a door. Just a door. They just were a there. cup on a door. They're right in there, right in the bathroom waiting. No shit. Yeah, this is like 19, this is like early, probably the 60s, right? Um, no, no, uh, early 70s. Yeah, because my sister was born in 70s. So probably late 60s. Didn't have my sister yet. It's weird that <clears> both <throat> of those stories, even though they're from different sides, one's the FBI, one's the mafia. Yeah. I do just, I think people just like stories of uh, agency. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like taking <laughs> care of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. The tree's gone. <laughs> we got this guy. We got this guy. Everything's good. Yeah. It's just fun. The world is so, I always think of the Sopranos one where he wants to get the guy to sell his house and he's going to sell his, I think it's a Long Island house to Tony. And then he changes his mind. His wife talks him out of it. And then they have, I, I love this and I hate this. The, they have the boat, a, the boat yeah. and they blast music. The and I'm just like, even though I feel bad, <laughs> I'm sort of like, there is something just sort of undeniable about people that are like, it's open water. <laughs> I can't do it. And we played Dean Martin all night. Everything's international waters. You're on the Jersey Shore. What are you talking about? <laughs> These are international yeah. waters. I'm actually rewatching The Sopranos now for like the fourth time. Really? I'm in season four right now, and it's it's just such a good storytelling show. And I, oh I, my god, I love it. Gandolfini was just perfect in it. When I tr I tried to get Val to watch after we had a baby, we just became a lot more sensitive. I'm not saying like how can you watch such a violent show, but um, I we got to Ralphie. That's and once rough. you get to Ralphie, yeah. Val was like, I I'm don't out. think yeah. I can. It wasn't that she didn't like it. Yeah. But honestly, my, my brother couldn't watch Succession because it was just too intense. Oh, There's yeah. certain things that 
ignite you in a certain way and you mm-hmm. just have to go i'm gonna i'm walking I'm away. Out. yeah yeah not everything's not for everybody but when i was a young man uh younger man i suppose the the sopranos was exactly what i was looking for mm-hmm. just people changing reality yeah. i think is interesting yeah yeah people that it's are like like you said like or defining their own reality that's what i mean yeah. and i relate that my dad is is a straight businessman but like i watched him just like not not take no for an answer but he's like so persuasive like i tease my dad a lot but when i when i'm with him i'm like oh my god he's kind of like a politician and he makes things happen yeah yeah and he's got that kind of i'm not saying there's anything mafia e here and i'm not defending the mafia i'm just saying the mafia doesn't exist this thing of ours (laughs) Now it's ours. Listen, I just bought your trifle, okay? It's not even some brujute. This was uh, this was this, a is, a, this is a brujute mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like it. I just mean creative thinking. I will always like people, whether it's Iron Man or Tony Soprano, that are going around in a world going like, I keep getting a lot of nose. Yeah. And someone's like, I'm going to make a suit out of iron, or somebody's like, I'm going to f- put a boat in the water and play loud music, yeah. or whatever it is. And I know it gets murderous and all that stuff, but I don't think people like murder. They like people who are afraid, vulnerable, like all of us, and are are acting unafraid and and the world isn't happening to them, they're happening to the world. Yeah. Which is very like my dad. The only person Tony Soprano was afraid of was his wife. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Because they did such a good job. And his mother. That. If you watch that. Yeah. His mother was more of a disappointment thing, but like he like he was afraid to scene some scenes with Carmela, some of the best TV ever made, man. Oh, I she, know. And she was unbelievable. The, the golden right? heart. Oh, so a golden heart on a little chain. chain yeah. It's yeah. like you're like oh. up against the wall when he you're punches like, when he punches the sheetrock. Like that was probably the most intense TV moment I think I've seen. Oh, I know. Ever like that more that, than the that finale. The two, one hundred percent. The two of them face to face in that. That was just some great actors. Oh yeah. In characters that they knew inside and out. Just, yeah. Yeah. I have a theory that the reason why people don't like the finale is because we were just talking about this. You want your deaths to be third person. Mm-hmm. You don't, and that's a first person death. He goes black. Oh, you think he died? Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm sorry. Did not did that did that not reach the island? He's dead. <laughs> No, I, I, well, I, you know, it's all up for interpretation, and that's the kind of thing it was for me. I, I heard David quote, Chase says he's dead. Well, that's David Chase's opinion. He made it. Who's he to say? <laughs> he's not Tony Soprano. Uh, the one thing I would, the, the, the thing I would say though that I heard before, well, it took him a while to say that as well. So there's yeah. a lot of speculation. Yeah. But the thing that I heard that I like about it was you didn't meet Tony Soprano when he was born. So why does he have to be dead? You never meet a character when they're coming out of the womb, right? Yeah. You see their story from a moment to a moment. Yeah. They're like, so that was just the end moment that you got to see him from, you know, and the rest is speculation. Look but at you. You can't let thing. go of Tony. I don't, I don't want to. You I, can't do I don't it. think I have to. He's still here. <laughs> he comes every Christmas. He's on DVD. <laughs> I can watch it whenever I want. Um, That's so, hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we usually talk a little bit about, I feel like we've, I feel great. We could end right now, so we don't have to go on and on. If okay, you don't I'll want see to. you later. <laughs> but we, we talk about the meaning of life. Do you have any framework for what's going on? I mean, on? what the hell have we been talking about this whole time? I feel like we got very lofty. That's the meaning of like a of a of a good life, like yeah. the strategy of of happiness and yeah. family and meaning. We've talked about that. I would say the meaning the meaning of life. You mean? Well, I I just think kindness is goes is way undersold. Yeah, be kind is a mantra for me. I think it's very important because everybody's going through something. And yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. even being on the side of entertainers, yeah, people that are up there to make people laugh, or yeah. there's been you know 
two minutes before showtime, before you have to go on, you're probably in your headspace, yeah. miserable. Yeah. I mean, it's happened to me. I'm not saying you. I don't no, know. No, no, no. It can't you, be. You could. For like, sure. Do you want to talk about something? <laughs> like, how long do you have? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think it's really important. Like, a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Smiling at a stranger. Yeah. Paying it forward. All that stuff that feeds into that is, like, humanity is really fragile. And I think we're all feeling that right now. So, I yeah. would just say, you know, stay strong and be kind is really, like, two things that really have yeah. helped me. And you lost your dad when you were 19. Do you have any sense of an afterlife or is it just? <sighs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I think people live on inside you with memory and whatnot. You know, I've had weird experiences because of my dad and I, I think you connect them and make them happen. One or two seem unexplainable. But what? like besides that, it's like, I don't know what goes. Like, like what? Uh, so <laughs> I was I was working in Philadelphia uh Born and raised. You really seem yeah. like a guy that would say Philly. <laughs> I was. I, I wanted to give you the full thing here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Peter Holmes. West. West. Peter Holmes. West so I want. I was living in Philly, and I. Uh, I was working for a, my my. I got my degree in accounting, so I knew I didn't want to do accounting. So I entered consulting, the consulting world, and I was working for Accenture, this big consulting firm, working down in Philly, and I had to drive up from New York every Monday. So I was driving and I lived there for the week. So I was driving up and I cut through this parking lot and I was thinking of my dad. I was in my fields. I had just lost him. And I was like, he would have been so proud of, you know, me going to work. And I had a suit on, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that. I was in my fields a little bit. I think a song was on the radio. And as I'm driving, I'm going through this parking lot and there's just this, I just fixate for no reason on an acorn in a tree. Mm. And I have good long, long vision. It's a humble brag. Long Island vision. Long, long Island vision, so I can see far away. So I see this, and it's dry. And I'm, I can see Montauk from the, from the <laughs> so Western Point. I have the windows down. I'm just hanging out, listening to the radio, and I'm driving. I'm in my fields a little bit, and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, I just wish I could hug my dad and be like, he could hug me and tell me how proud he was. And as I'm driving, I see this acorn, and I'm watching an acorn, and I'm driving it, and I see the acorn fall. I'm going like 20 miles an hour through a parking lot, 10 miles an hour slowly. You eyeballed the acorn pre-fall? Uh, pre-fall. So I see it fall. Out of, for some reason, I see this acorn. It falls out of the tree, and I'm driving with my window down. It bounces off the floor, and it lands here, and I catch it in my neck like when you hug somebody. Swear to God. And I was like, <laughs> and I just stopped the car, and I like cried for like 10 minutes. Oh, my I still have the God. Yeah. I hope you still have that. Yeah, so that was uh, one that was seemed really like unexplainable. Like I was like, that's pretty weird. I feel like my dad reached out and was like, hey, everything's going to be okay kind of thing. Um, you know, but the rest of that, I always feel like it's all about impression of like the impression that you make on people. And I think people keep you alive. Yeah. I think people in their memory, you have your impact, what's your legacy. And I, and I'm a firm believer in that as far as like heaven and, and all that stuff. And you know, what goes on to your body and all that. I don't, I don't know. I don't, nobody knows. It's all speculation. So I don't waste my time thinking about that stuff. Really. I just try yeah. to live a good life and you're just out there hugging acorns. I'm hugging acorns. I'm getting out there. Look, I don't want to talk about religion. Yeah. I'm just going to hug an acorn Come and here. shut the I fuck just get, up. I just get acorns to people. Hey. Hey. And your dad's name was Foghorn. Or an acorn. I say, I say, I say, he was a great man. I was a very proud of you on that big day. You did well, my boy, in your fancy suit. You had your suit on, CPA, <laughs> drinking a lemon lemonade. In April, too, that's your big business. Oh, you had to be very verklempt. Well, we've done it. Uh, this is great. Can you tell me, in closing, a time that you laughed really, 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 really hard? Um, I did stand out when you said you used to make Sal laugh really hard. So I'm wondering, like, a big laugh that you remember. It doesn't have to be with Sal. A big laugh that I remember? Did you know when I saw Taste Buds for the first time, I didn't know Sal? So I thought Joe had just found... <laughs> <laughs> a 
guy. Like a funny guy. Oh, that's a funny guy. I thought there was just a guy at the barber shop. And that is kind of the appeal of, of all you guys. Oh, it's yeah. like there's a certain, it's not pretentious. And I was like, and then he was being so funny. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But I had no yeah. idea. Sal, Sal is probably, we say this about each other, I think. I don't know. He knows a lot of funny people now, but we always said that we were funny, the funniest people we know. Yeah. Uh, I would always say he's the funniest guy I know. And I'd always, he'd always say I was. But I think there's a specific. The way I, no one makes Sal laugh the way I make Sal laugh, like yeah. that's just a thing. And one of the hardest laughs we had was actually a character that we brought back in the show years later. I had just done as a bit in the bathroom, so he used to <laughs> he used to do this thing where he uh, I, he would stay at my mom's house at our basement. We would play video games and just he would sleep over. We yeah. were like in our thirties, yeah. so thirties uh, <laughs> so sleepovers, same bed. Uh, so, <laughs> so he was like uh, he was just over, and then one night. Like I just got getting, we got stupid. And I made up this character, and his name was Cole Von Cole, C O L E V O N C O L E. And I would, I would just be like, I was, I was like, I have to go to Berlin tomorrow. And I just started making this stuff up. Like I was like, I'm playing, I have a tea time with Owen Wilson, and and I kept saying all this stupid stuff. And he just started laughing, 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 and it got him so bad that he was laughing so hard. He was like, stop it, and he was like literally side splitting. And he went in my bathroom and he threw up. And, and, and as he's throwing up, I'm still doing the bit, and he's trying to get me out as I'm in the bathroom. That was one of the hardest. You I did, did a bar bit. That. Right, that's it. I did so at Cole Von Cole and then later years later we did this bit in the show where we had to disguise ourselves as somebody and fool them to think we're somebody else so I dressed up as Cole Von Cole and as soon as I turned the corner and I introduced myself as introduced myself as him Sal he, lost it yeah did it ruin the, the hey, oh yeah no he I, I I was on the floor so he was in the back he could laugh as loud as he wanted and and then that became one of my most famous characters on the show and Cole it was Von just like Cole. a full circle moment yeah oh god I yeah. love it yeah you've really preserved something special and precious just in your life and in the show and in your comedy it's just it's wonderful to oh, see yeah thank you acorns just fall on us acorns all out hug him hug him as I can <laughs> I will say too you are a very very great I guy because out. I didn't know yeah, you should because <laughs> no really but generally I didn't know you I no, literally I met you and I was I was genuinely excited to meet you you've made me laugh a lot and I just always felt like you're a really great guy and sitting here with you I've, I agree with my uh, original Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I really appreciate it. And you brought five desserts. That's really nice, man. No, there are people that you're just like, you know, in the green room, I was like, this guy's all right. <laughs> okay. And I was really excited to talk to you. Yeah. And I'm really glad you did it. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Would you say keep it crispy? It's just written on that sign as if you need to read it. Just do I look at this, but nobody sees me? No, you, you don't have to look at it. Keep it crispy. And you get... <laughs> Oh, you didn't drink your magic mind. You get a magic mind. I get a magic. You have mind? similar hair to me. You can have some modern mammals. That's the. I have similar hair to you. You have. Uh, you do you have your eyesight? How's your eyesight? <laughs> you have straight hair. Oh, talk about keeping it crispy. <laughs> Just trying to keep it, doing what I can. I have one angle. I can't really. And, and you had me sitting this way the whole time. This is terrible for me. I have to be like this. <laughs> it's the only way my hair looks okay. Well, I'm really glad I made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for doing it. Thank you. Did you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs>